This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homestale Radio. Of all the unlikely heroes, it's Scannell. Ambrose, goal! Darren Ambrose to Crystal Palace, and that may do it. Flick goal, it's an own goal from Popovich. Tonight on Homestyle Radio, Aaron Mitchell, Albert Curley, Ben Nagel. Fahad Zaidi, John Burgess, Mark Ross, Matthew Packham, Nick Gusset, and producer Mikey. Yeah, I went Loftus Road. Um, it was two two ex Crystal Palace players. It was Ralph Lynch. No, it was Derry crossing from the right into the box, and Ralph Lynch he not make different numbers. Not worthy. <laughs> and then to the left was a diving Simpson. It's QPR one, Sheffield United nil. But firstly, your host for tonight, Chris Hambling. Hi, welcome to Homestyle Radio. My name is Chris Hambling. He's awesome, I love Clinton. Too much. Can you cut out a lot of my I love Clinton too much behaviour? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, just, oh, well, what, hmm? what was that noise? What was that noise? Hello, good evening, and welcome to Homestyle Radio. It is our last show of the season. And in celebration of our last show of the season, we've decided to do things incredibly professionally today, and I think you'll really notice an impact on the show tonight. Um, Is that why you you came on as David Frost? Yes, exactly. (laughs) And, um, yeah, Uh, but you're going to notice all sorts of things, like the guys, they won't randomly interrupt me for no good reason. Um, I mean, they're on it tonight. Um, And I say, we've prepared, we've we've been at this computer slaving away for hours, and we're ready ready to be better than ever oh yes um, I, I just heard a noise that was like like someone disconnecting from the call so that's gonna that's gonna be really good there's a problem with this call 
Can you guys still hear me? I do. Well, let's hope we're broadcasting, eh? Um, still. Uh, somebody can tweet in and just let us know. Yeah, just, just tweet in and let us know that you can actually hear us. Um, but apparently there is a problem with this call. Um, I think the problem relates to Mr. Mark Ross. Um, no surprise. It's upsetting, isn't it? Um, but we'll have he to. He is s- just a problem, isn't he? He is. A he problem. is genuinely a problem. We'll have to soldier on without him. But um... before we go on, before we go on, can I just make sure you've pressed record? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a bit of a history. There's been a bit of a history of this. I actually haven't pressed record, but fortunately, I'm. Uh, we're broadcasting. Confirmation, Chris. Confirmation. We are. We are live. Absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for letting us know. I mean, it's 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 a positive. You know, if you're going to start a show, you, it's good to check that you're broadcasting. If you want to get in touch with us today, as many of you already have done, it's twitter.com forward slash whole radio and facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Uh, the chat room might well be full of various reprobates. It's wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Uh, I wouldn't bother giving us a call today, but you never know. If we get bored later on, it's 0208 <laughs> What? Hmm? We say that every week, call in. We never get any calls, do we? We get the, we get the occasional call. <laughs> From Jerry. Jerry, yeah. Jerry calls. Thanks, yeah, Jerry. Jerry. I've ordered, um, appreciate appreciate your, your support. Thanks. Mm. Nick, Jerry's, you Jerry's calls are very good. I, I like his yeah, calls yeah. on the way to um, football and, uh, on a sister, sister station, Palace mm. Yeah. And uh, he's very erudite. Yes, indeed. He's always right. That's the one thing I always say about Jerry, is he's always correct. Um, also, you can email us. It's radio at homesdale.net. Um, and it'd be great to hear from you today. We've got absolutely loads to pack into the show, so quite why I'm wasting so much time now, I don't know. A quick rundown of what it is, though. We're going to do a quick roundup. Um, it was going to be in the form of a quiz, but in our new profession, we haven't written any quiz questions or indeed discussed how that quiz would work. So it's not going to be a quiz. Uh, we've got an exclusive interview that myself and Ben recorded on the 4th of May with Neil Shipley, uh, which was, well, it was fantastic, wasn't it, Ben? It was, yeah, fantastic. Neil Shipley is, is, a, is a great character and I think it's, the interview is going to be well worth a listen. And uh, a little bit later on, Steve Parrish will be joining us live for a, an end-of-season Q&A. Um, we'll have a little bit of a chat about things that happened in the, uh, the from the fans forum. Obviously, not everyone was able to go to that. A lot of the information's got out there, but we're trying to follow up some of the uh, information that came out of that. And um, obviously, we've had questions from, from yourselves, which has been fantastic. Uh, and we've got all of those lined up to get answered, hopefully, by, by Steve a little bit later on. Um, we'll have our own sort of um, uh, recorded content, and that's from the Player of the Year Award last night. Uh, in all quite honesty, doing a show the day after the Player of the Year Awards is a massive, massive mistake. I feel so unwell. I don't know if you can detect it in my voice, but I'm feeling a little bit rough. Um, young Mark Ross was there, but unfortunately I've got to try and um, find him again because he, he disappeared from our, um, from our conversation. But Aaron, you were there. It was your birthday. Uh, how did you find your first experience of the Player of, Year, of the Year Awards? Well, it was it was much better than I thought it was. For me, it was a cracking way to spend my 18th. It was, it was really good and really exciting. Mm. And um, You're 18? I am. Oh. Guys, guys, we're on air. We're on air. We're on air. Right. Sorry. Jeez, Sorry. There's a time yeah, and a place, isn't there? That's later on when we've run out of content. Um, <laughs> one of the, obviously, the probably the bit, the, well, the biggest news, obviously, is Johnny Parr winning winning that. Um, and there was there was some degree of um, disbelief, not because Johnny doesn't deserve it because he's had a fantastic season, but more that, um, well, essentially, more that he he um, people felt that you know, no one he spoke to seemed to have voted for him and everyone thought Gardner was going to get it um, mm. but I mean it's very 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 uh, you know 
hard contested awards and and Wilf walked away with young player of the year and, and Johnny Williams got I think scholar of the year and uh, yeah, two, didn't well yeah, yeah 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 and obviously he was understandably delighted but like you said Aaron it was it, it was a really really it's like it's better than ever Mark you're hopefully back now uh, probably the best player yeah. of the year awards we've we've ever seen isn't it it was a tremendous night and uh there was even more people than I think there's ever been at an awards dinner, wasn't there? Mm, yeah, about a thousand or so. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it's, absolutely heaving. It's, it's brilliant. <clears throat> well, you really it, um, go, on, go on, Nick. I think it was actually 500. I heard you were all seeing double by the end of the <laughs> evening anyway. <so>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, Chris was definitely seeing double, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm starting to get myself a reputation. But, um, yeah, no. um, oh, that's one of us, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, say that again? Ignore me. Oh my god. Nick, Nick, just can you start rubbing your microphone on your face as well? <laughs> just talk into it. Oh, fun times. Anyway, look, let's not dwell too much longer. I want to have a quick chat about what happened at the fans forum um, very, very, very quickly. I mean, that was sort of the interesting things that came out of that that we're going to um, we'll certainly talk to Steve about shortly. There was um, the, the stadium news, obviously, that um, it's looking more and more likely that it will be a redeveloped Selhurst instead of a. Uh, a new stadium in Crystal Palace Park. And one of the reasons Steve gave, which was um, sort of both f- funny and frustrating, was that it's taken over 10 years of objections so far, um, and they're still spending money and talking about it, to try and convert Crystal Palace Park uh, under the master plan there to ornamental gardens. Uh, and the residents are up in arms about that. You can imagine how they're going to be about a football stadium, and it, it's looking less and less viable, um, for, like I say, for both cost reasons and time reasons. So um, there was certainly, um, apparently I've got to mention the correct pronunciation of Jonathan Poor. Jonathan Poor? That's John Parr. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so um, one, of the, one of the things that came out of redeveloping Sellers, interestingly, and, and I'll ask Steve if he can expand on this a little bit later on, was involving Sainsbury's in that um, redevelopment and, and kind of getting like a new, you know, a bigger Sainsbury's store, but also getting other things like a, the example was given, not, you know, not genuine things, but examples given of like a Costa Coffee or a Pizza Express, that type of a retail environment, potentially hotels and stuff like that. And that, I thought that was fascinating that the discussions have gone on, you know, on that side of things. Um, other little couple of bits and pieces. Uh, no, um, Lapping going to have a concession in there? Oh, you'd expect Lapping to have their. <laughs> I think they'll be the main the main partner in it. I think. Lapping wing. Lapping wing. Mm, thanks for that, Nick. Um, Obviously, we've got, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, Tony Popovich um, was rumoured to be off to Sydney. There's a few comments attributed to him today I saw, I saw about being, he was flattered to be linked. But of no official approach there, so that's relatively interesting. Um, obviously, we've seen uh, promising youngsters being signed up on long-term contracts, and I think the news out of that was Carl De Silva is about to, or has already agreed, a four-year deal, uh, which is cracking news as well. I think that was from the fans forum. Um there was a discussion on the. Obviously, this has been a recurring theme for ourselves. There's been a discussion on um, the formation and style of play, and Dougie was um, fairly bullish in his defence of, of what we've been doing and why we've been doing it. Um, and and may, the main reason is he he's, his point of view, whether you agree with it or not, is that we have played two people up front. I'd say usually you're talking like someone like Chris Martin and a Glenn Murray or Chris Martin and Jermaine Easter, something like that. Uh, he, he believes we've done that for, I think he said, 38 of 46 games. So that's, that's his opinion. But he just does not believe that 4-4-2 works uh, in the way that people think it does anymore. 
And final word about the fans forum was I asked a question about the futures of the players that are out on loan and out of contract and things like that. And no specifics were given, although Lenny Lawrence caused quite a lot of amusement with his story about Mark McGee phoning up for Andy Dorman. <laughs> suggested he missed the call but managed to return it in about a second and a half. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> nice, isn't it? I said, unfortunately, he was unable to... Um, Unable to get hold of Mark, but he says he's very much looking forward to that call. So obviously that's someone surplus to requirements. I guess he's, I guess from that that he's he's quite happy to leave as well. So I assume at least if he wasn't, he probably will be now. Um, okay, well those are the little bits I wanted to pick out from the from the, the fans forum, um, and just to give a little bit of context to some of the questions we're going to be asking Steve later on because uh, they we varied some of the for some of your questions because of um, you know new information if you like. But I mean, what we're going to do before we go to, um, I don't even know if I mentioned, did I mention, I did mention our Neil Shipley interview, damn it. Uh, before we go to that, um, we're going to have a little rundown of, of what happened this season. Now this is, this is where we're supposed to do this quiz, but um, it's not going to be a quiz. Uh, but we're going to go a little, little bit month by month and, um, and just talk amongst ourselves about some of the key moments. Hopefully won't keep you too long. Um, obviously pre-season, if I can take you back to pre-season, July, all full of, um, I say some people were full of hope, some people were full of fears of relegation and all that sort of stuff. And um, sort of a couple of the things that I was going to pick out. The first was the um, the home match against Norwich. That was our main sort of, I don't want to call it a marquee friendly, but it's premiership opposition, although they were newly premiership. Uh, it was a 1-0 win. It was our Salhurst friendly. It was a, you know, that was pointing the way to go. And, and, a, and young Nathaniel Pinney, who's no longer with the club, um, scored the goal there, and Aaron, you were you were that friendly, um, mm-hmm. promising display, wasn't it? You know, really good sort of football. And and did you feel at that stage, looking at the, the finish, Penny coming off the bench, that he might have make an impact this year? I think it was a very a very good performance. You know, it's pre season leading up, you do some nerves you settle in because you want to make the team. But it's a very good performance against the Norwich side, which was almost pretty much full strength I believe mm. and it looked at a very good performance the way we played you know we could play them in the Premier League and get points off them to be honest but when you look how they've got on you know that's something that we can look to and Pinney's goal he rounded the keeper did he not my memory serves he, me he right. did it well yeah, yeah pretty he did it, it was very good to keep his balance and the way he finished I honestly thought you know he's looking pretty lively perhaps he could make a breakthrough into the season but unfortunately it wasn't to be no I say absolutely yeah I mean so we've struggled for goals you know this season and I know people were were expecting him to to really feature and I think the first time I kind of realized that it wasn't going to happen was um he was uh, he was tweeting himself about being included in the squad squad for the Crawley game. Um, we played a sent you know we all know what that happened with our cup run and and the reasons you know obviously came clear that we played the teams that we did. Um, but but yeah, Pinney was sort of expecting to be involved himself, I believe, and um, yeah, it didn't seem to make. I don't think he even made the squad for the the first game against Crawley, which was no. I thought perhaps sort of showed um, showed what was going to happen there, and and the fact that he ended up at Ebbsfleet did very well for them. Um, but you know, by no means their standout player. I think, I think you know, he's definitely got a future in in football, but I guess not at this level. And I, I think that's what the sort of comment that was said. Uh, Mark, you you were with myself at Bromley. Um, yeah, it's a while back now. Any overriding memories of that game? I don't think we actually played. <laughs> it was a while back. No, um, we never. I don't think we never sort of turn up for the Bromley game. They always sort of. Uh, they've always got a, a few ex Palace players in their side. Mm. Usually, rather overweight ones. Gareth, but, I mean, uh, <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, didn't we get a draw out of it or something? No, no, two two one win. I think it was oh, one, right. one of the Palace eleven matches. But um, I mean that yeah. was, was yeah, much, that was, yeah. I remember. Yeah. yeah, it's all sort of coming back in bits and bits and <laughs> starts now. Yeah, God, it's a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was... I, yeah, who? Yeah, it was um, it was um, a guy on trial, wasn't there? Who I think we were quite looking forward to seeing, but we never sighted him. And I can't even remember was, who it was. There was absolute remember? tons. There was a French centre back. I forget his name now. Um, if you if you know if you know at home, do, do a, tweet a, in. Ben's there, right there. Yeah, because there was a, wasn't there someone playing um, up front who was ex Hull City or something oh, like Craig that. Oh, Craig Fagan. Yeah, yeah. 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 He actually, uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely bang on. He had a he had a decent game. I think it was. Yeah, you're right. And, yeah, um, um, disappeared. Yeah. You know, he, I think he tweeted himself. He really enjoyed it, and then nothing. See, we felt we had better options, and I think he ended up. He was out without a club for quite some time. I think he ended up playing, um, playing for someone at quite League Two or League One level. I think at best. Um, so interesting that one, yeah. But I mean, pre-season, obviously, yeah, we all full of hope. And for me, the it was the the chance to see the young players in the games. Like we played East Grinstead, um, Dulwich Hamlet, uh, and then that game at Bromley, we saw the likes of Quade Taylor, saw a bit of Ryan Innes, Cadell Daniel. Uh, a bit of Gus Sal, um, who's obviously not now signed that three-year deal as well, um, coming through in the midfield next year, hopefully. Um, and, we, yeah, we just started to see what people were talking about when they talked about these academy youngsters, and I'm looking forward to that again this season. But, obviously, the, the season kicked kicked off in August, um, on the 6th of August. We went away to Peterborough, uh, got our first glimpse of Glenn Murray and in traditional style of when we have a big signing, he got injured. Um, but it, promising sort of partnership with Sean Scandal seemed like it was going to develop. Um, weird how things panned out. Uh, my standout memory of that season, and I know you were there, Nick, and I'm pretty sure you were there, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> I was there your, well, your yeah. thoughts. No, not not of that game. I'm not going to talk to you, Mark. I've just spoken what, to Peterborough. You. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about Coventry. That was my standout memory from that month. Oh, really? Yes, definitely. Absolutely, Nick. We uh, did what today. We did exactly. <laughs> well, not exactly what Man City did today because we didn't win the title, but like. <laughs> <laughs> and the Oppo are in sky blue. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it was, that's, yeah, we're, we're, Francois Marc, that's the French play. Thank you very much. You said that. Cheers. Um, yeah, that, that to me, I've never celebrated a f- insignificant <laughs> game against Coventry. <laughs> Quite so insanely, it was it was a beautiful moment, and I can remember us doing a little recording at the cherry trees afterwards, and I, and I was speaking like Phil Mitchell. I drew my voice so. Um, mm. uh, I've ben, got a memory from that game as well. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't at the game. I was in Spain at the time, but I remember it was the, the last day of my holiday, and uh, I was desperately looking for a. Fl- uh, my flight was in the evening, so I wasn't going to make it back for the game. I was going to land at Gatwick while the game was on, so I was desperately looking for an earlier flight, trying to get myself back for the game, but I couldn't do it, and then. I was gutted. My dad, my dad went instead. Nick, my season ticket in there. Yeah, had a had a great that's time right. while he was there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was standing next to your dad, wasn't I? Um, <laughs> yeah, we're well, coming back to me as well. And um, my favourite story of that um, was the Coventry newspaper that the guide obviously left early and ran a story the following day about <laughs> Coventry's first win of the season. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice one. Well, <laughs> all right, listen, I'm going to have to move us on very quickly through these because um, not only. Uh, I'll be running slightly out of time, but we, you know, we don't want to dwell too much. And I really want to get into September because September uh, saw us um, play really well, really well up at Leeds and, and lose a game that we should never have lost. Um, but we were playing really good football at the time. Uh, we beat Wigan in the Cup and beat Middlesbrough in the Cup, kind of going on that run. It was getting really, really exciting. We had a horrific game up at Doncaster where 
I mean, literally, they're only shot, and it wasn't even on target, and it just, oh, I don't even want to go there. But that was a horrible, horrible game. Like most of our games against Doncaster, it always end up. But there was a certain result on Tuesday, the 27th of September, 2011, mm. that might stick in some people's minds. Um, we went to uh, to the south coast, to um, to the Amex Stadium. Where obviously, where obviously there was a <laughs> the first team in the league to win at that ground will forever be Crystal Palace. Now there's been plenty said on that, and there's no need for us to go over over the game too much. And we've also talked probably about our crazy celebrations a number of times, so we're not going to bore you with the details. But obviously, it's nice to uh, to sort of remember back, and I think that was the first moment where I thought, you know, this this guy. You know, Dougie really does know what he's doing. He really, I, I was, I was talking last night at the Player of the Year to, to a few people, and I can remember, you know, saying to the guy next to me when we were one nil down, saying, "I just don't, we, we, you know, we're here, we're losing to our rivals, but I'm really proud of the way we came back, and you know, I can, I can deal with this loss. It's not going to be nice, but I can deal with it. You know, I'll be happy that we've actually given a good account of ourselves." And then just to see that stadium empty as we just we <laughs> tore them apart. It's one of my happiest memories ever. It was fantastic. Um, I don't know. Out, out of you guys, who was there? You were there, Ben, weren't you? I certainly was, yeah. It was that just a fantastic night overall. I remember drinking in Lewis before the game and then getting stuck in, in police cordons and going one nil down mm-hmm. thinking, oh, this isn't going to be a great night. And then it all happened so quickly, you know, jumping forward 10 rows or whatever and just... Yeah, amazing, amazing night. And at least you got to jump. I just got knocked downstairs repeatedly, <laughs> trampled. On. Um, I just wanted to draw one little attention to one little thing in that as well. And obviously, we we had a competition on Homestead Radio for that game, where we gave away uh, a ticket to. It was Tim, the uh, soldier who won it in the end, um, and that was just the perfect. Uh, example of, of the competition it was just we if i could have picked a winner that i wanted it would have been him and uh that i mean well, so i've seen him a couple of times since he came back for his birthday after his uh tour of uh of afghanistan i believe not iraq it was afghanistan yeah and uh yeah he come back from his uh from his tour quite recently and he's obviously still he seems to still be buzzing from that game um you know, all those months later on, and it's just little moments like that this season. We forget the moments of happiness sometimes when we're having a whinge, and we haven't had a great 2012, uh, as we're about to get on to, <laughs> I think. That was um, the, um, no, I had to leave the bathroom. I was it was the, the bath. N- you flooded. Right, go on. I listened to the game in the bath. <laughs> <Damn. laughs> <laughs> he said he flooded the bathroom. He did oh, say that. Did. Yeah, he did. Leaving oh. around, swinging a wet flannel around with joy. <laughs> <laughs> That, I tell you, obviously, hopefully, most most of you don't know how what Nick looks like, so you're spared the image of that. But for the rest of us, it's something that will stay with us forever. I think. Just like um, that game. And I had long Just hair like then. Um, thanks, Nick. October, October. Sorry. Can I sum up October really quickly? I've written yeah. a few notes about it. It was a fantastic month. Obviously, we uh, we drew West Ham and then we beat. Watford, Bristol City, and Ipswich, and then I looked at the table on the twenty seventh, on the twenty second of October, we were in third place in the league. How incredible is that? Third it's, place, just outside automatic. Yeah, to think now is I know, I know it's the source of quite a lot of people's frustration. Um, yeah, yeah, amazing, really. Lovely. Yeah, uh, goals went out at Watford from Jermaine Easter and and from Wilf. Yeah, well, I, I was saying I was saying last night I thought Wilf's goal. For me, I mean, obviously every goal has been obliterated by a goal uh, in the month coming up. But 
Wilf's finish in that goal, that, that was a pretty special goal. And I, and I would have voted that sort of pretty near in most people's usual goal of the season competitions. Uh, we just happen to have a player at our club who likes to dominate goal of the season competitions. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, but this is, I think we probably, it's probably fair to say in, uh, from my memory, right at the end of October there. Sorry, Ben, did you have any more on that? Do you want me to carry on? <laughs> No, it was just going into November, being eight games unbeaten until the fifth, and that lost to Cardiff. But yeah, all through October, fantastic results. Didn't didn't lose a game, so that's a good yeah, month. One I of could, the best for our season. It was, yeah. I think and the I performance quite... at Ipswich was the highlight for me. I think in yeah, terms yeah. of uh, of a team display, uh, I thought it was fantastic. Bang on, Mark. Absolutely right. We, we, we've mentioned that a fair few times on this show this year. Uh, was a was it a for a one nil was a one nil thrashing. Uh, but what sticks out in my mind right at the end of that month, taking us into November, was a nil nil against Reading. Now a few people at the time uh, were very negative about that uh, about that result and not being able to beat Reading. Uh, it's interesting to see how things ended up with with us very much at the other end. Well, sort of lower mid table. Let's let's be, let's call it and. Um, they ended up champions. So interesting how things work because at the time they were struggling a little, but they, they had a lot of quality. But for me, that that was kind of a turning point because at lunchtime in, uh, before that game, we found out that we'd drawn Manchester United mm. in the next round of the cup. Um, and if you kind of go into November and you look at the results after that, we followed the 0-0 against Reading with a 0-0 against Portsmouth. We then lost 2-0 to Cardiff and we lost 3-0 to Leicester. And we drew nil nil with Millwall, and you're thinking, well, hang on, we haven't scored in, but well, we haven't scored in five games, five? Yeah, I can nearly count. Um, so we went, we <laughs> we went into that over game. a month, I think. Yeah, over yeah. a month, month and five days since we scored. Yeah, and, and I, for me, the turning point was literally that cup draw. And I, I, I said it to people at the time. It's you know, it sticks in my mind. I because I, I I was distracted as well ever since you know even before well before the Reading game. As soon as I found out who we'd drawn, that's all I was thinking about. Uh, and it did seem to me like it, it had an effect on the team. Um, we talked about the effect of getting knocked out of the cup uh, later on, but obviously um, I think I think getting that draw did distract us. But of course we went up to Old Trafford and a famous win and a sensational goal to boot from Darren Ambrose. I'd love to dwell on it more, but why would we bother? We've all we've dwelled on it enough, and we'll continue to dwell dwell on it for many years many to, years to come. Yeah, absolutely, Aaron. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, in December we, um, we well we had to play some games pretty quick after that um, after that Manchester United victory, and uh, we we a couple of days later we drew one one with Derby with a you know with, with quite a tired team. I think the only person who played both games was Paddy, but I mean. Dougie was saying in the fans forum the other night, that's the sort of player Paddy is. Everyone's sort of different. He's a sort of player you can play continuously and it, it won't affect him. Um, then we had a horrific game um, up at Barnsley. Oh, God. Again, that's one that seems to crop up in a lot of people's memories who went because it's, it was a typical Barnsley game, i.e. it was midweek. It was in December, so it's absolutely freezing cold. There were barely any of us there. And... Um, I think I still did more damage to my vocal cords in that game than I did up at Old Trafford. But I mean, that's it's a memory for a bad reason because um, we conceded after seven seconds. Imagine you made that, uh, that journey all the way up there, absolutely freezing your nips off, and then uh, yeah, and then that's what that that's what happened. Especially but, um, nips your size, mate. <laughs> yeah, to go over. Yeah, I knew I'd made a mistake when I said the word nips. Anyway, these things happen. Just lining uh, you up, mate. We're just lining you yeah. up. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, two other things I want to mention from December. 
you know, we've got four minutes to get through the rest of this before we give you uh, Neil Shipley. Um, a um, couple of things. Uh, Nottingham Forest, we went up and beat them 1-0. It was a good result, and uh, but I'm still claiming credit for that, for having a seagull shit on my head uh, on the way up there. That was good. That's my... Yeah. We haven't won a... Well, I can't... You said something, Nick, but it wasn't into the microphone. Did you buy a lottery ticket? You're supposed to buy a lottery ticket if you shut on. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> lucky. <laughs> I, I've heard that. Um, listener highlights, Ben. Yes, uh, a few people tweeting in. Just take a quick break from from what we're saying, just to read out a few of those. Uh, Lee Ward, one that we're probably about to come to. Lee Ward said, "Beating Millwall away on my birthday, and it was his first time at the Den, so a special day for him." Wayne Gallagher has gone for something a bit different. He says that the first home goal of the season, par against Burnley, was one of the best team work goals that he's seen at Palace. So. That was his highlight. Uh, Lewis Roberts says, although Brighton was an awesome result, Man United in the Cup was a very memorable night and the goal from Ambrose topped it all off. Callum Jeffries agrees with that, says Man United, Carlin Cup. Um, Will Gaines tweeted us and said, the five minutes after we scored against Cardiff in the first leg, incredible atmosphere. Yeah, no, he's absolutely right. Um, and again, as you say, we'll, we'll come to those now, uh, which essentially a tinge of disappointment. But um, but certainly, yeah, going, going on to, uh, from the Forest game, we went up to, to Millwall. Uh, well, we had the game against Birmingham where KG scored his goal. Um, then we had, uh, obviously, a defeat to Southampton, which I'll tell you, actually, that's, that does stick out in my mind because that's Boxing Day. Um, it's a different crowd because like, obviously you go regularly to away games. It's, it's a regular away crowd, but it's a very different crowd when we went to Southampton and you know, we never really got going and, and them as a home support never really got going. It was like, it just seemed to be like a day out for people who didn't really uh, go to football matches. It was it was actually probably my, my least favourite game of the season was to go to St Mary's, watch Southampton hit lots of diagonal balls into the channels and us fail to deal with them. And uh, yeah, it was a very frustrating day that. But um, but for every negative, there's always a, usually a positive round the corner for Crystal Palace and that was going to the den and beating a distinctly average Millwall team 1-0 and being very much mm-hmm. um, the you know pride of South London. And, um, yeah, they obviously man, they went on, won a fantastic run at the end of the season and managed to finish above us somehow, which is extremely annoying. But I think that, yeah, that, that I mean, it sticks out as a fantastic day for me. And it was New Year's Eve, so we all got to go out straight away afterwards and have very little memories of what happened to us. Um, OK, so steaming on into 2012... Uh, they, obviously, the the main focus for the team and for the fans was was that Carling Cup semi final. Um, I would love to uh, love it to have a happy ending, but it but it didn't. But I mean, guys, for, let's get some thoughts on that first game. Um, Aaron, were you there for the first? Yeah, I was there. You were indeed. I'm pretty sure you were. Um, great to win that game. Obviously, one nil with with Anthony Gardner's goal. Um, I hadn't expected to win it, um, but but coming out of that game, were you, were you kind of confident going away to Cardiff that we'd get a result? Yeah, obviously I was I was there on the benefit of someone else giving me a ticket, um, which I was very appreciative for. Um, I was fairly confident that with the lead that we had. I think to be honest, we needed a two nil, you know, in order to go to Cardiff and kind of see it through. But we we played all right. There was some times where I thought we were looking a bit weak and a bit laggy. But of course, and Gardner's goal, it changed the whole thing. To be honest, it started to look like a more confident Palace team despite Cardiff coming forward. But you know, yeah, that we needed that second goal in order to go to Cardiff and play the way we did in order to hold out. So, Okay, and, yeah. and on that subject, uh, Mark, if I can get your thoughts. Um, we went away to Cardiff, obviously. Um, everyone with this kind of renewed 
hope that we were going to go there and get through to that final. And I'll say it right now, I believe if we'd got through against Cardiff, we would have won against Liverpool. I firmly believe that. I believe that the penalty shootout we lost to Cardiff uh, was us, in, fe- in effect, losing the cup. But anyway, that, that aside, um, we went up to Cardiff and one of the key points coming from that is we didn't have a shot in the game. So can I just get your reaction to, to that defeat up at Cardiff, even though it was on penalties? Well, naturally, it was disappointing. I think uh, it was the manner of the defeat more than anything else. I mean, uh, Cardiff were definitely not a better team than us, but we just didn't we didn't perform, and uh, it's like we didn't turn up. Really, the fans turned up. Mm. I was uh, I was I, I was quite happy with a one nil home win to take to theirs because we weren't we weren't leaking goals. Uh, you know, with Gardner and McCarthy, their partnership was pretty solid at the time, and I, I didn't think. Uh, we would concede. I think I thought we'd grind out a draw, and it was kind of like we played like that. But we were um, we'd already conceded early on for unfortunate own goal from Gardner, and uh, um, we never really sort of got into the game. We never upped to gear. I, I was kind of disappointed with the tactics, and I think a lot of people had, you know, yeah. the reservations about the way we played on on that night. But uh, I suppose from Doogie's point of view, you can't take make allowances for uh, own goals in the opening minutes of games where you, he probably went for a nil-nil and then he suddenly sort of got the wrong players on the pitch to sort of uh, contest the game of that nature and um, it was all very sort of disappointing in the end and, and I, I'm, I agree with you, I think that you know we were equal to Cardiff you know, in many ways mm. uh, and I thought it was, it was like when it went to penalty, there was a bit of irony about the whole thing because uh, we didn't have any of our penalty takers on the pitch at the time. Yeah, um, Ambrose, Ambrose had gone off, Murray had gone off, and um, I think Chris Martin had gone off. So, you know, it, it sort of... Yeah. Well, isn't it, I think, it's, isn't it? Yeah. It's a disappointing end to, to what was, um, you know, a, a massive, massive game for us, but doesn't in any way devalue the achievement of getting there, I don't think. And and. I, and what was surprising is, is after um, after that, throughout the, basically throughout February, we were we were undefeated. A um, couple of results to pick out from there. Obviously, we beat Watford four 0 in, in an absolutely fantastic display of football. And weirdly, um, glossing over the horrific thing that happened up at Bristol City, which happens every year. I said the F word, sorry. Um, <laughs> but it's Bristol City, they deserved it. Um, but yeah, it was also, there was a performance early on in February up at Middlesbrough where um, we created all sorts of chances and somehow ended up with a nil-nil draw, but that was actually some really good football we played there and, and we did a good, made a good account of ourselves against West Ham. Uh, but went into March and really didn't, didn't have a great March. It started okay with, with beating Peterborough. Uh, although it wasn't a great performance, but what followed was, um, you know, basically we, we had this situation happening where we'd seemed to get 45 minutes where we were okay, we'd played all right, and 45 minutes where we struggled. It happened away to Coventry, happened away to Burnley. Not that I recall too much of that. Um, it happened, you know, uh, uh, against Hull. <laughs> uh, we managed to get a win against Barnsley in what was in many people's worst game that they'd ever, they'd seen for a long, long time. Oh, um, do you don't, the don't, show don't, afterwards, don't. Chris. Uh, well, yeah, I think everyone felt they wanted to kill themselves in that show afterwards. It's it was not even worth going over, is it? <laughs> pretty, pretty horrific. But I am obviously rushing us through this. But yeah, I mean, that was. It, it just proves the the lows were lower. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? No, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We our phrase is the highs were higher That's than the high lows were lower. Yay! You need to listen again. Um, obviously, we had a weird game where we had Derby 
started to destroy us. We came right back into it, but the FC Cup left with nothing. And right at the end of March, there was a, there was a very poor performance, I felt, against Nottingham Forest, where we were beating 3-0. Um, it was... It wasn't terrible, but but we you know, there were three good goals. And, and the most annoying thing, and I think you'll all share my opinion on this, the most annoying thing was I'd put a bet on nil-nil half-time for Nottingham Forest to win 2-0 at the end of the game, and I'd have won several hundred pounds for that. And we conceded a third. Unacceptable. Um, you bet against your own team for a start. Well, I like to do that. I, because Palace sure. have a habit of disappointing me. So I've Ever seen that Paddy Power advert? You know what happens to people who do that? Right. Thanks. Thanks for that, Aaron. <laughs> um, Chris. Uh, yes, mate. It's, it's interesting just looking at March as a whole because we, we kind of dissect each match week by week. But looking at the, the opponents, barring a couple of them, every team we played were fighting for something, be it relegation or, or oh. pushing for the playoffs. So said, we, but, we, our season was all but over then. It was. Yeah, like, yeah that's pretty much. But but I, to the other teams, you know. But yeah, and you're you're right, Nick. And it, and people always do when they when they analyse these things, as we often do. Uh, you you kind of forget the opposition quite easily. But having said that, if you if you look at it, you kind of look at the flip side. You look at that that run of games in, and it was a lot of games in March, to be completely fair. But you look at the, the opposition, and, you, and at the time, you would have thought, you know, it's going to be one of our more productive months of the season in terms of points, and, and it certainly wasn't. Um, but then, obviously, we kind of drifted to an end in in, in April. I mean. Probably well, we didn't we didn't win another game, <laughs> which was which was disappointing. There was um, there wasn't really any any particularly impressive performances. Although the the game against Birmingham, we we really were beaten in in a sort of fifteen minutes spell, if you like, um, a very poor form, uh, very poor football. Uh, and then we actually came back into it well. But but I mean, really, it was it was such a, a disappointing end to the season. And um, and in many ways, it kind of it reflects how far we have we have still have to go. Um, so I let's. Um, say, oh, can I, um, I was just going to say that a lot of the losses we we uh, conceded some incredibly good goals. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah, we do, we do, we we're un, we're unfortunate at times. That that's absolutely fair. But I mean, in terms of a season review, it, it kind of it, we very much mirrored exactly what happened with Palace. That we started off nice and cheerful. And as we come to an end, we're feeling a little bit, you know, <laughs> deflated and quiet. And it's kind of like, how it worked. But I'm going to have to move us on, otherwise we're going to run out of time. So coming up right now is the uh, first part of our interview of Neil Shipley. Now, before I let us play it, the second part of this will be played at the very, very end of the show. Um, but we'll also release the full interview as a podcast. But right now, it's the first part of the Neil Shipley interview. Or, or is it? What do you think? <laughs> you think it is? Oh. Modern technology. Can I say hello to Lewis Eagle in the chat room? Yeah. I'll just fill in some dead air. Yeah, there shouldn't really be any dead air. I was just waiting for the producer to press the play button, but I guess I'll do it myself, eh? Okay, I'm here with, uh, with Neil Shipley, and Ben Nagel's also here to help me ask the questions. Um, firstly, thank you so much for doing this, Neil, and uh, yeah, great to talk to you finally. No problem, you're welcome. Um, we're just going to take you through your sort of your your club <coughs> career, if you like, um, and then obviously focus on on Palace mainly because that's what we uh, we're here to talk about more yep. than anything. Uh, got a little Q- well, I say little, quite a big Q and A sort of session just after just after that little bit from uh, from all our listeners. So um, well, I'm going to get going really. And uh, the first thing I wanted to t- talk to you about was um, obviously you come through 
at Chelsea as a as a youth player and um, sort of got into the team in in '92, which I, I can vividly remember. It's when I was massively into into <laughs> football from that age. But um, I say Chelsea was a very different sort of club at that time, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously you can't compare it to what it is now, but uh, it was still obviously a, a big London club. Uh, joined there as, as an apprenticeship, and uh, yeah, managed to get in the first team uh, 18. Uh, I think in total I played uh, sort of 30, 30 odd games, 35, something like that. And then, uh, and then I got transferred down to uh, Southampton. Uh, I think that was in 90. Uh, 95, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Wikipedia, because it's 95, so we'll have to trust that. Um, yeah. You had, obviously, had a few under-21 games at Chelsea as well, didn't you? So, um, I mean, that, that a good experience for you at the time? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was some, uh, I remember, I think it was Chris Sutton uh, who was playing in the first game, and then uh, it was sort of me, me and Robbie Fowler uh, oh, for a little bit. So there was some, uh, there was some great players in there, and I think I made seven, uh, seven caps in the end, uh, with uh, three or four goals, I think it was. But, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, great experience. Uh, one thing I do remember is, is Gary Neville couldn't even get into our under-21s. Bypassed uh, <laughs> that and went straight into the, uh, the full uh, Stephen Watson, if you remember him, from uh, mm. Newcastle, kept him out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. he ended up playing up front, didn't he, Watson, for quite a while no, as well? he could play for him. I mean, he was very versatile, but, yeah, I did remember that. He, he couldn't get into our under-21s, but uh, <laughs> he must have thought, sod that, I'm gonna, I'll be in the first-team squad in a minute anyway. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Well, we were talking the other week about him, how he's, how Neville's been as a pundit. He's like, you know, he's one of those players pretty much everyone sort of d- disliked as a football fan, but he's come on as a pundit and he's been fantastic. Not if you see much of him, but yeah, amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, if you close your eyes, he's still him. I mean, he's, uh, he's a bit of a <laughs> man. I've got to be honest, but uh, no, he knows his own thing, that's for sure. So I mean. Uh, it's uh, nice to get someone on there who, I suppose, is younger lot as well, because obviously uh, they all remember him playing, so he's very high profile, and he, yeah, he actually is a very good pundit, yeah. That's it. Um, so anyway, yeah, you, talk, you mentioned your, your, your spell at Southampton. Um, played, a, played a lot more there than he, than he did in those early days at Chelsea. Um, a fair few goals. Oh, some experience on the South Coast there. Well, Letitia was there still at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, me and him. I was obviously... Uh, Believe it or not, a fit young man then, and uh, I've done most of his running, but then he, uh, <laughs> he ended up scoring all the goals. But he, he was, uh, yeah, the best person, best player I've seen uh, from dead ball situations, which everyone probably knows about. Obviously, his penalty taking. He used to, uh, we had these sort of big nets, uh, square nets, and he used to sort of pick where he's going to put it, you know, four down and three across and all that. And uh, <laughs> he, was, he was, you know, he was pretty unique at that. But I suppose I, I became a man up there, down there, should I say? Uh, you know, they transferred me for, from Chelsea for I think one point two five, a lot of money back then. Um, and yeah, I suppose I grew up a little bit, I had a bit of responsibility. Although I didn't actually score in uh, in like, well, I don't know how many games it was, but certainly weren't straight away. But I got a lot of letters off the fans saying just keep persevering and that, and uh, thoroughly enjoying the time down there. Uh, would you would you say that um, obviously we we saw you well come to, to when you joined you joined us from Southampton obviously but would you say as a uh, as a striker then you were a different striker than you were say in your second spell with us in where sorry in your se- basically at the time you played sort of at, at Southampton and probably your first spell at Palace really yeah. would you say you were a very different player to the to the second spell. Uh, well yeah I suppose I was uh, obviously younger then and. Uh, I mean, I was more experienced when I, I came to Palace the second time around, but uh, 
one thing, if you ever did get my weight chart every year, it did go up every year, you know, even if it was a couple of pounds. So uh, I certainly yeah. wasn't as quick as what I was, uh, you know, well, as a young lad, I was pretty quick, but obviously uh, that, soon, uh, that, that sort of <laughs> phased end, you know what I mean? But, but no, I think you, you, as a striker, you rely on your experience as well. And, and, and as a war kid, obviously, uh, you know, very raw and you just sort of run around, but you, you, mm. when the older you get and the experience you get, you sort of read the game a little bit better. Absolutely. Okay, so, uh, Ben, I've been stealing all the, the, the questions, but, um, I, well, I was going to move on to, to the first spell when he joined, when, when Neil joined Palace. Um, mm. Don't yeah. you had a way of asking that question? <laughs> yeah, so you were at Southampton for, for quite a while before you moved to Palace. How did that move down, or I guess up to Palace, come about? Uh, well, Graham Sunez was the manager at the time, and uh, he, he brought in, like, Ogle, Ogle, Ogilstad or something, Ogilstad, Norwegian, yeah, Ogilstad, yeah, he bought him in and uh, he was looking to get some money back and getting his own players in and, and at the time he said it was either me or Letizia, you know, and I think at the time I think it was uh, reported that Matthew Arden put a £10 million check on the, uh, yeah, to send it down to the south coast and obviously mm. Letizia weren't going to go but he, he, he come up to me and he said, uh, do you fancy going, you know, going back to London and, and playing the Palace? And uh, at the time it was Ali Bassett, who uh, mm. I didn't actually know, but uh, obviously got to know him quite well in, in my career. And uh, I thought, yeah, I fancy a bit of this. Uh, went, obviously come down to Palace and uh, it was a real, real enjoyable time in my, my career. I think we played three up front quite a lot with me, Dougie and uh, Bruce Dyer and even George yeah. and Dar. And, uh, you know, it was, it, it was, it was brilliant time, you know, I thought, even if the other team scored four, I thought we'd get six, you know, it was one of them, it was real, it must have, as a fan, it must have been really entertaining times, that period. I'd say so, one of my, my favourite periods of, of watching Palace, for sure, and, um, like you say, I mean, well, Dougie was sort of, almost, I wouldn't say at the peak of his powers, but he was really starting to, to show what a good player he was at that moment, so he must have been a lot of fun to play alongside. Yeah, I mean, Dougie was, uh, was always an intelligent player. You know, he wasn't blessed with uh, a load of pace, but his football brain was uh, was quite remarkable. Uh, I'd put him up in the category of, uh, you know, certainly top five, you know, of, of players I played with up front. Uh, that might be a little bit harsh on him. I'm just kind of trying to go off the top of the head. But certainly, he was a very intelligent player. And, uh, you know, you, you knew you, if you made a good run, he was going to release the ball. And also, obviously, as all Palace fans know, he's, uh, he was quite sharp in front of goal as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bruce Dyer uh, was was one who, who promised. Obviously, he was probably I think he was the most expensive teenager in the country when we signed him. Uh, didn't have a greatest of times at, at Palace, but but certainly in that season he was pretty strong as well. Uh, what did you think think of him in terms of ability? Oh, I thought he was a bad player. I mean, he, he used to get offside quite a lot, which uh, obviously yeah. frustrated us uh, playing up front of him. But, but I, I played with him at Barnsley as well later on in my career, and uh, he was one of the strongest players uh, for his size, ratio, if you want to say. Mm. Uh, you know, when he wanted to keep the ball, you know, the, the three players couldn't have got it off him. So uh, he was very strong. Because uh, of his pace, he created a lot of chances, uh, and he scored a lot of goals, but, but obviously his ratio to, to goals on efforts, uh, I think he probably could have done better at that, but uh, no, I thoroughly enjoyed playing up, up front with Bruce, uh, to say the main thing was the offside, you know, because yeah. I was blessed with the pace, so, uh, you know, it was a real crime I thought to get be caught offside, you know, but I suppose he had so many chances that he thought getting offside every now and then weren't going uh, to harm him. Yeah, that's it. Um, obviously, uh, Dave Bassett did uh, did leave well uh, fairly fairly soon after you joined, um, was replaced by Steve Coppel. Um, 
how, how did you find working under Steve? Steve was fine. Steve's a different person, obviously, than Bassett. All managers have got their uh, own personality. Uh, he was never a shout or a ranter, but he was very good tact tactically. You know, he, he sort of, uh, you know, he used to have us in his office uh, as a team, you know, on the Friday before we train, and he'd say, this is how they play with what's the video, this is what you, I want you to do. And he, he, was, uh, he was very good at the tactical side of it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I enjoy playing under him, that's for sure. I mean, he's a likeable bloke, uh, obviously his record at Palace and, you know, Man United in England. You know, you, 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 you know, you can't help but respect that fellow anyway, what he's done. And uh, as it happens, he was a nice bloke with it as well. That's it. Absolutely. Um, just before we, we get on to the, the, the sort of the Q&A, um, you're, you're obviously your... Your first spell sort of come to an end in '98, which was which is effectively before all the trouble was started with Palace and um, you know our our administration at that time and all those sorts of things. But I'm just trying to remember. My brain's not quite with it. Were you you were still there when when sort of we had uh, Lombardo come in? Were you? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 Lombardo, he come in obviously uh, for the Premiership season, which we did get relegated, but uh, obviously, yeah, I mean, uh, he, he was, I mean, talk about, everyone knew him anyway, you know, and the thought of him coming down the Palace was, uh, you know, it, it was just, just rumour mongers, we thought, you know, there's no way someone like him is going to come to us. Uh, then he turns up, turns up the training ground, uh, tried to get involved in the lads, obviously, uh, you know, when we went and had a pint, he had a pint of water. You know, it was one of them. He was never going to get that, that much into what we did. But he, he tried, and uh, I fully respect him for that. And as a player, he's one of the best players I've played with. Uh, he, he, he was fantastic. And uh, I'm sure all Palace fans must have absolutely loved every minute of, uh, of him being at the, at, the, uh, at the club. I still can't quite believe we, we saw him at Palace, to be honest. Like, and even when he's interviewed now, he's just so complimentary about us. It's uh, stunning. He's one of those players I watched on Football Italia on Channel 4 and just thought, wow, what a player. But there we go. Um, but you, um, sorry, yeah, you, <laughs> you want to sit here and let me reminisce for a while, but we're obviously here to talk to you. But um, obviously, uh, what, what basically happened with the, with the move away um, in, in sort of 98, 99, I think it was? Well, I think, I mean, at the time it was documented, I mean, I, I just didn't want to go, I absolutely loved the time then, and uh, I remember, I mean, I did have an agent like everyone else at the time, and uh, I went to him, can you go in there and, and ask, you know, well, I want to sign a five-year deal, you know, I want to commit myself, uh, and never come back, Venables at the time, obviously, it took over, um, yeah, and what he said, he said he didn't want to let me go, uh, but then, then Harry backed it up at Forest, uh, come in with a one and a half million pound bid, and uh, that made their mind up for them. They, they just didn't want to give me a new deal. You know, I can honestly say I, I definitely would have uh, would have signed, and you know, I'd love to have stayed at Palace for for many years. But you know, from, by then I was getting quite an experienced player, and when a, when a, a club put a bid in for and they accept it, then you know you, you do know that obviously this this deal is not going to happen for me. They they want me to go. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then it turned out, you know, looking back, it's probably I've only made two mistakes in football, and that was one of them, uh, leaving to go to Forest. That's it, but it probably, like you say, it wasn't really of uh, of your doing. Um, and well, the, the good news was after you know your spell at Forest, and you had a pretty decent spell at Barnsley, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah, that, that I mean that that saved my career. That did. I went. Up, I mean, I went up to Forest. Uh, don't get me wrong, the deal was good, you know, so on all parties, one and a half million, I suppose, I mean, my deal was good, but it just wasn't happen, it was the Van Hoydonk situation, he went on strike, uh, mm. 
And Harry said after, he said, I would never have bought you. I mean, I made my baby up at Newcastle, uh, took my brother and my dad up, and, uh, you know, they booed me, four kicked the ball. They just didn't want me there. Uh, I was getting young kids on the, on the street saying, my dad says you're <laughs> something else, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I thought myself, yeah, I, I didn't really, it's not really fun, you know, and, uh, mm. yeah, it lasted eight months, uh, and I just walked away, basically, uh, Harry again, Harry, uh, bought out the ba uh, Barnsley. Uh, if I could have, I would have, you know, I would have walked up there, you know what I mean? It was, uh, I couldn't wait to get out of Forest, and that really did save, uh, save my career, and I had a great spell, great two years up there, and, uh, and they're, they're, they're lovely people up there. Yeah. Yeah, I we'll always enjoy the experience of going to Barnsley. There's only about, ever about 150 of us travelling up that way, but, um, yeah, always very friendly people and, and always a lot of fun. And, yeah. And obviously you moved from there on to, to Wimbledon, sort of back into the, the local area, if you like, well, just about at the time. Um, and, and, well, sort of carried on where you left off for Barnsley. Um, before we... Yeah, we, yeah, I mean, uh... Yeah, well, I mean, but Barnsley bought me for 750, 750 grand, uh, and I was always quite settled up there, stuff, and the missus never moved up there, it was always a bit here, a bit there, I was travelling back and all that kind of stuff, and, uh, I said, well, right, I said, I've got a year left on my contract, uh, and I, I remember meeting with the chairman and saying, look, I want, I want to go back to London, if I can, uh, I said, I'm not going to see out my contract, I've always been quite honest with that, and I said, if you can get, get the more money back off me, uh, then, you know, I, I think you should do it, because uh, I won't be signing another deal, and, and uh, yeah, Wimbledon come in with me, uh, I think they paid 750 as it happened, mm -hmm. so I mean, uh, and I think the club respected me, Barnsley, for that, because obviously I could have just sat on the contract and sort of met them astray, yeah. but the chance of coming back was, uh, you know, was too good to be true, so if I come back to Wimbledon, uh, obviously, so last part was we all, all remember them days, and yep. uh, yeah, sort of carried on again and had a, had a, had a good spell there. Yeah, and it wasn't wasn't too long before you were back in the in the red and blue. Uh, that was, I mean, we've got plenty of questions on that, so uh, we won't really dwell on that. And I know Ben's Ben wanted to talk to you about um, certainly about that playoff uh, that time and things like that. So we'll probably sort of just sort of uh, go straight onto the the Q and A really, um, which starts yep. uh, with a message from another one of our presenters who who couldn't actually be here, which which he was quite annoyed about, but um, but Albert sort of sent us a little message about an experience of his which followed up by a question so over to you ben okay mm. yeah this is the end of our kind of questions and on to the listener ones now so we've got this story i'll just read that to you and then that finishes off with a question so he says neil shipley what a legend even my chelsea mates still sing your praises seeing as the late 90s early noughties have been an emotional time for palace with administration survival at stockport the betrayal of steve bruce and the dark years of francis etc the late run for the playoffs and the playoffs themselves were a really nervy time for me personally the semi-final shootout against Sunderland had really taken it out of me, and I wasn't sure I could stomach the West Ham match. Anyhow, for the playoff final, my family couldn't get seats altogether, so myself and my brother, also called Neil, had two rows between us, and he was about 15 seats further along. I'd never been so nervous. The moment Neil's goal went in, something snapped inside me, and I burst into uncontrollable floods of tears. That's a bold admission, I know. It was certainly an odd feeling having all that tension released with such a high, while also being so aware that I probably looked like a right tit. Imagine my relief then when I looked over and across to see my brother in an even worse state than me, even more tears, wobbly bottom lip and barely able to stand. What a day, I'll never forget it. Thanks, Neil. And he says, P, yes, a proper question. What was it about the arrival of Ian Dowie that completely transformed that team? And why do you think he's never been able to replicate that at any of his other jobs? Yeah, good question. I mean, first of all, yeah, obviously he wrote that very well, you know. Uh, mm. 
I've sort of almost, almost pictured him there myself there, so, <laughs> you know, good question. I mean, well, the Dowie situation, I mean, I, I firstly got to say, I, I felt really, really sad for, for Kemba, to be honest. I think that mm. the players that we had there, that they did, I mean, that Wigan game 5-0 was an absolute disgrace, you know. Yeah. There was a few meetings after that because after that, we knew it weren't good enough, but obviously the players didn't have another chance to, to try and get things going. So, yeah, he got an arse still, as far as I'm concerned there. Mm. Dowie come in... Uh, I think it worked. I mean, going to the question is, we had, they were honest lads. We were honest lads at Palace, and uh, if you chuck something at us, we'll certainly have a go at it. Uh, it worked because we kept winning. Now, footballers, you know, we, we, we like to, if we can, turn up at 10 o'clock, train, get home for about 1 o'clock. You know, that's just how it used to be, you know, and, and still happens at clubs now. But... Uh, you know, we're in at 8 o'clock swimming, you know, then we're doing our training, then we're doing weights and all that. But I think when you win, mm. you, you, you buy into what, what someone's trying to sell you or, or, or their ideas, and, and that's exactly what happened. You know, we, we just we just took it in our stride. As long as we was getting that winning fit, which we were quite a lot, we just went with it. And uh, obviously we all got fitter. Um, and we were like a machine then, weren't we? We just sort of used to roll out and we, it was just unique. Uh, that's what happened. I don't think he's managed to do it at other clubs because there's probably been a lot of egos. You know, I, I, I don't know the fella personally, but I can't really imagine Jimmy Ford Hasselbank at Charlton sort of uh, telling his missus he's going to leave at half seven, she's going to go swimming, and then, you know, I'll be home at four or five o'clock. So uh, <laughs> I think that's probably one of the things that didn't work because he, he couldn't do it at the other clubs. But I still like talking about that season. Look, you know, obviously I've done an interview the other day with the playoffs coming up, and it, it was absolutely unique to fit to, to actually do what we did. Uh, the manner Brian Dean getting that sort of last minute uh, yeah. header to get us into the playoffs because we were poor at Coventry, by the way, we didn't deserve yeah. nothing there. Uh, and then obviously loads to talk about in the semi-final. Uh, you know, Damon Powell. You know, then things. I mean, I'd love to see someone do it again, but I think it's going to be years until someone actually does what we did, meaning yeah. coming from uh, Christmas, second from bottom or whatever it was, to actually winging it. And then on the day, um, I just don't think West Ham turned up. I mean, yeah. uh, we didn't play magnificently, but we've just done enough. Uh, their form in the league, they should have beat us. It's all lifts and butts. But we, we managed to just get it on a day, and uh, me captain in the side as well, really, uh, on a selfish point, was, was just a magnificent day for me all round. I absolutely, you know, I never, ever will, will forget it. No, absolutely. Obviously, one of one of my favourite seasons as well. Just, just it just it was all like a dream. Since you know, I think Kit Kit Simons sort of started the the turnaround um, before Dowie came in. Well, certainly, certainly in our mind, anyway. Um, but like you said, it was just it was just kind of like a, it was a machine. Effectively, every week we knew what was going to happen almost in advance. It was it's quite weird to see. I've never really seen a Palace team like it. Um, not, not for any length of time, anyway. Um, but the sort of the comments about about sort of Dowie uh, not doing it elsewhere. Do you think it's just those were the perfect conditions for him? It was kind of there was no other club, at, probably at no other time that he, he would achieve those sorts of results. Yeah, possibly. But, but I really do think it's, you know, I mean, if, if he was trying to get us in three times a day and we were losing 5-0, like, it's all right saying we're all honest, but, you know, there were some big characters there, so we would have sort of moaned our heads off, you know what I mean? We just, yeah, yeah. But we just went into it thinking, well, this is great, we're winning, uh, and we were good, honest lads. So, I mean, that, that, I do think that was the major thing, is, is you're winning. Now, if, if you win, it's like anything, in any work you do, if things are great, you'll, you'll do things probably what you wouldn't do in, in the, you know, in any other circumstances. So, uh, 
It was, it was unique. It was unique. Absolutely. Um, sorry, there's a sort of drilling going on in the background here. I hope it doesn't, uh, it's not too loud. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I'll just ask this quick question here. Um, basically, Furhad, who's another one of our presenters, fun enough, said you scored, uh, you scored a fair few more goals in your first spell than you did your second spell. Um, was there any particular reason for that, did you find? Uh, I can't think of any now. I mean, I know we we played we did play three out front at times. Uh, certainly, I think you're going to get more chances when you play three out front and the, the kind of attacking football we were playing. Uh, I mean, the second spell, obviously, uh, I mean, I think AJ probably uh, responded well to playing up front with us. I mean, I probably got a few assists with him. Uh, I can't really pinpoint any particular reason. No, I mean. Uh, I mean, I certainly enjoyed both spells just as much for, di for different reasons, so it weren't anything because uh, I wasn't happy or anything like that. It was just, uh, I think that just happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I think with Murph in the first spell, uh, probably the way we played, I'd imagine. That's, that's the only thought I can think of at the moment. OK. And we've spoken about that playoff final and then obviously going up to the Premiership the season after that. Do you think you could have saved us from relegation in that Premier season when we had Lombardo? Uh, say that again, sorry. So, when obviously we went up from that playoff final, do you think you could have saved us from relegation had you had you played more? You know, had you had you played a bigger part in that Premiership season? Oh, in the in the second one, yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah, sorry, the yeah, in the two thousand and four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I felt a little bit bitter about that. I mean, uh, it didn't help myself. I got I've got in, I got injured in the pre-season. I had this tendonitis thing with my knee. Yeah. Which was uh, which was obviously ag aggravating us. I uh, uh, the players wanted me to play. Uh, I, m I remember feeling quite embarrassed about it. The uh, I think AJ and it, we had a meeting, and uh, they all said, "I think it's time to bring ships in and all that," which I've never heard in a meeting. So I was sort of sitting there quite embarrassed about it all. And uh, even any, I think you put me in the squad a couple of times. I think I played up at Man United in the league game for twenty minutes, and had twenty minutes at Man City. Then we served you right. So I kind of got in and out. I mean, the, the one thing I don't hold any grudges is uh, Dowie actually said, I think it was a couple of years ago, he was getting interviewed at a player final and he was reminiscing about what we did. And I think he said then he said he should have played me more. So I'll take that all day long, as long as, long as uh, I sort of heard that. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously you, you, you want to play, but I mean, it happened to me up at Sheffield United as well. I sort of played a big part in getting them promoted and then I didn't, didn't, didn't figure in uh, in that, so that's football, I'm afraid, yeah. and uh, I, no, I don't look back and wish, I mean, yeah, obviously I'd like to, with affection with Palace, obviously I played a few games, hit a few goals and, and got in, but uh, it just wasn't a beef, so uh, no, I mean, bar you sort of asking the question now, it's not something I'll sort of go to bed and sort of uh, cry myself to sleep every <laughs> every night, so... Okay, right. Um, well, Fad sort of finishes off on, on a similar sort of subject, and just said, so do, you, do you still follow the... Uh, the fortunes of Palace, and, and do you ever get back to see any games? Well, I actually done I've done the radio uh, for the Southampton game, um, well, obviously a few months ago. But being, uh, I mean, I'm yeah. a non-league manager, so I, I don't get a time to go. Uh, obviously, the Palace. Obviously, I still follow Palace. Yeah, I still speak, speak to Dougie every every now and then. So, uh, you know, I am in contact with what's going on there. I mean, uh, I was absolutely gutted that uh, he couldn't, you know, got knocked out in the semi-final of the League Cup. You know, that would have been. Uh, been an unbelievable achievement for him, but I think he's plodding along quite nicely down there. It's all uh, learning for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, obviously the young kids coming through and everything, I've, I'm hopefully 
you know, Palace can push on ne next year. Mm, absolutely. Uh, there was a similar question. Basically, Ben Ben managed to ask you the sort of two questions combined earlier <laughs> on when he said when he was talking to them about that Premiership season, and then mentioned Lombardo. There was a, there was a follow up question which you've answered, but I just wanted to name check the guy who asked it. It's a guy called who posts on one of our websites as in Colin We Trust, uh, who basically said, "Were you disappointed in the lack of opportunities in the Premiership?" Which obviously we've we, we've covered there. But um, I suppose what I will do instead of that is take you back to that that season in the premiership when we did have Lombardo and I think you you got an injury at that wor the worst possible time and, and do you think do you, well I mean, hopefully you know you believe in your own ability but do you think, do you think that that would have made a big difference if you had you remained fit? Possibly I was on, on I mean I was on good form you know I mean uh, I remember I remember I did it uh, Southampton on Boxing Day uh, I think it was from a corner I sort of slid and uh, I, I done me a dumb hernia. So uh, that's what that's what sort of uh, put me out of action for a while. Uh, but well, we got relegated for, for one reason and one reason only: we couldn't win at home. You know, I don't think we won a home game uh, till April or something like that, something ridiculous. Uh, that was the reason. Uh, if I want to be a little bit critical about Coppola that season, I thought his signings, uh, you know, weren't good enough. To be honest, uh, there was a couple of signs, Padovano. Uh, you know, I was hoping to learn anything out of him. All I learned is. Uh, you can buy 20 fags and sort of have him in about, you know, <laughs> a day. You know what I mean? He was, he was a big smoker. He, he didn't want to be in, in London uh, for football, that's yeah. for sure. So that was a disappointment. Uh, there's a couple of others I can't remember. Ishmael, is it? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I Ishmael. And then there was uh, the fellow who missed the penalty against uh, Southampton. It's Zohar, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah there was a few. There was a few which <laughs> I don't think were were good enough to uh, to keep us up. But uh, no, I think I was like, sort of five in on the spin at some stage. Uh, Lombardo come in and told me Napoli were after me and stuff like that. So I think <laughs> I was uh, I was obviously on good form at the right time. If I'd have stayed fit, maybe. But uh, I don't know. As a team, you've got to win. You've got to win a home game in the Premiership or win win some of your home games. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to stay up in that form. No, uh, and you've mentioned some some of our the all-time sort of villains of Palace in some of those signings. Weirdly, Ish Ishmael ended up playing Champions League football for Bayern Munich, I think. And He's still the our most expensive signing ever, isn't he? Yeah, still our record signing, yeah. But um, we've got a question in com came from a guy who calls himself Hereford Eagle, uh, about Padovano, actually. Uh, but right. it's um, it also refers to a, to a game you played in against Leicester and he says um, went to watch a game us away at Leicester in the mid 90s uh, memorable for, for for one main reason he thinks it was Padovano's only goal for us he said it was in my teens pretty pissed and we were drew 1-1 one, one. Uh, he, he says I think <laughs> again I only think due to intake of alcohol we had a man sent off fairly early on he says but my one overriding memory of the days that Ships had to play up front on his own and was uh, immense he says just remember he was our only front man and yet still caused him grief all game ball seemed stuck to his feet at times and no matter how hard they tried, remembering that Leicester weren't a bad side at the time, they could not get the ball off him. He says, my question is, A, do you remember that game? And B, what was Padovano like? Well, Padovano <laughs> liked to smoke. <laughs> um, he liked so to smoke, he got a bottle of Budweiser. Yeah, he, he won't be typical Italian. When he came over, I thought this would be fantastic learning off of him. Uh, shooting, he couldn't hit a, a cow's arse with a banjo at times. <laughs> uh, he used to sit on the ball before we trained, like, you know, we'd, we'd have a kickabout, waiting to be warmed up and waiting the train, he'd sit on the ball as if to say, like, you know, I don't want to be here. 
So, mm. he, he, no, he, he won't go down in as, as someone that I, I think Palace obviously deserved better with him, uh, you know, and I'm sure if they'd have got anyone else who scored goals in Serie A, that uh, it would have been all right. But his track record was good, but unfortunately he didn't do it at Palace. Uh, going back to the Leicester game, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I remember uh, I had a chance to, to score as well at the end. I went in on one-on-one and put it over the bar. So, uh, I obviously... Uh, Beat myself up a little bit after that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was, I think that was the game. I, I think well, I was I ended the drought? I'm not drought. I think I was five on the spin, six on the spin, and I think I, I would would have scored that game. I think I would have uh, held the record for uh, consecutive Premiership goals or something. So, yeah, it was obviously a good time, uh, good time to be me at the time, I suppose. Yeah, my form was uh, was pretty good then. Mm, fantastic. Now skipping forward again to that 2004 playoff final. Obviously, we all know that you scored the winner in that game. So, we've got a question in from somebody who calls himself King Vagabond. And he says, whether he's, his question is whether he, you realised at the time that you were scoring the goal that would see you end your Palace career, and in hindsight, were you still happy that you'd scored that? Oh, 100%, yeah. Cool. You, you, you never swap their memories anyway. Uh, mm. So, no, no, absolutely. Uh, oh, I look, look back. You know, when, when people do have a chat with me over, over a beer or whenever, you know, we always end up talking about that, and it was just a fantastic day. I wouldn't swap that for the world. Uh, did I know I was going to not play at the Palace? No, I didn't. Uh, but as I said earlier in the interview, that's, you know, that, that is just football, I'm afraid. Uh, you know, ain't, I'm not the first person who's, who's ever scored a goal like that and not played in the thing, and I won't be the last. So, uh, no, that's just football. That, that doesn't bother me at all. But the goal, yeah, no, no one can take that away from me now. So I'll be reminiscing for many, many years on that goal, that's for sure. <laughs> and when I do see all the Palace lads up at Victoria Station again, <laughs> they can keep buying me drinks, because that's what they did last time <laughs> I see them all. <laughs> OK, welcome back. Um, Steve's uh, been delayed by about 15 minutes, so uh, unfortunately we, we're going uh, gonna to have... Well, I say we're going to have to kill some time. We're going to uh, take you actually to our content that we recorded at the Player of the Year do. Uh, I want to apologise in advance for the fact that we're shouting. Um, the reason for that is it was incredibly loud in the uh, in the venue, um, as anyone would have known who was there. Um, so obviously we're shouting to communicate with each other and with people, but obviously the microphone was actually picking it up pretty well. So, um, so yeah... I, it's, we don't usually shout that much when we interview, but um, anyway, I hope you uh, hope you enjoy it. There's some good stuff from Paddy in there who manages to insult me quite nicely, um, and also there is um, I was just trying to do that. Sorry, and also yeah, there's a chat with uh, Johnny Williams. Um, we have a good chat with Curtis Fleming, and there's um, well, we had a chat with Anthony Gardner, didn't we, Mark? And um, we did, yeah. But- Someone didn't press record, so it happens a bit. So we give you a quick summary of what that is. But anyway, let's, without further delay, here is our uh, recorded content from the Player of the Year. And when we bet, we'll be talking live with Steve Parrish. You seem to be surrounded by women. Does that happen a lot? No, never, never. Not in, not in <laughs> my normal day's work, it no. doesn't, but um, now you take them when it comes, don't you? Yeah. Well, we managed to clear them off for you. I don't know what, why that was. I don't know. Well, judging by the looks of you, so <laughs> I can see why. I'm an attractive man. My mum says, anyway. Well, that's um, probably the only person who'll say that, but... That's, <laughs> that's pretty hard. Story, yeah. She's pretty hard. She has got cataracts. Um, oh, Paddy's got a sign to me again. <laughs> it's all right. Just, just been insulted. Why don't we leave it there? Paddy McCarthy just said you weren't very attractive. How does that feel? I feel pretty good about that. Um, it is only my mum that says I'm attractive. And to be honest, I've got no Oedipus complex. I don't need my mum to make me feel attractive. 
Mark, you pointed at me. Do you want to say something? I say, let's interview Paddy now. Oh, we, we'll do that. Wait, we're back. Right, hooray! Um, um, oh no! Oh no! It's just unbelievable. What? You're heading off. Well, I'm recording this. See you, see you Stefan. Stefan's leaving. Hey! Hi, I'm going to have to do so much editing. Um, Sorry. It's alright, it's not your fault. It's Mark's fault. No um, you know, it's a really boring question to start off with. Um, overall, how has your season gone personally? Personally? Um, we've had a lot of lot of ups and downs, but I've, I've played 50-odd games. Um, I've, I've, en I've enjoyed it. Um, I think I think the clubs move forward, which is the most important thing, and and I think I, I've, I've I've improved as a player as well, which is which individually, which is really really good for me. But the main thing is that the team has progressed, and that's all I'm, I'm bothered about really. Um, when Makeda went down like a sack of shit um, up at Old Trafford, how did you feel at that point? Nah, look at these things happen. Uh, I'm, I'm a centre half, and yeah. these things are going to happen in and around the box. And um, I think at the when you're playing against Man United, any any sort of touch, they're going to go down. And he's, he's a good player. He's a clever player, and these things happen. But I think we were one 0 up at the time. I was I was devastated for the lads really because we'd worked so hard to get that goal goal lead. But in in game situations, you've just got to really get over it, get on with the game, and, and and see what happens. And I think we've done that. You know, I've had a, enough knocks throughout my career. Which I'd say any any footballer of my age will tell you the same thing. Um, but you just get on with these things and, and, and try and win the game and try and get on with it. Fair news. Mark? Yeah, Paddy, when you were uh, playing with Anthony Gardner at centre half, it was it was rock solid. You were not leaking any goals. We were keeping clean sheets. Obviously, Anthony Gardner got injured and people were filling in. Do you feel that had a detriment, you know? Uh, you know, in terms of uh, how the end of the season went, I mean, did Doogie change things around because Anthony wasn't able to play, or how, how did yeah. it work? Yeah, listen, Anthony Gardner's a fantastic player. Um, make no bones about it, and, and we, we certainly missed him. We we, we missed him, and, and I think Mele um, as well, Jednek, two kind of big big characters in our changing room, and, and along the backbone of your, your team. I think if any any team and any division misses uh, missed two key players in them two key positions, they're going to struggle after it, and um, and that was the case I think in the end. But hopefully, um, guards can get things sorted with the club this year. Uh, we'd all love to see him commit his future long term to the club. But I know he really likes it here, and we're hoping that that can get sorted. Do we know? Um, do you know what the situation is? I don't we know. know he, no, I don't. He's got the option of, a, of, of extending his contract, no. but have you any idea whether he wants to stay at Palace? Does no. he enjoy at Palace? Do you know? I know he enjoys it here. He, he enjoys it in London. He's settled, and, and he's got he's got all the respect of, of, of the changing room, and he, he enjoys being part of that changing room. So I think when we get himself and, and Mele back uh, next season, hopefully we can add another. A couple like we of, of them types of players which we did last summer, Glenn Murray and Johnny think, Pars and stuff. Then we can then we can um, we can push on again and get up that table. But do you think do you think Anthony will sign again? Oh, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's his personal issue and um, no, no, everyone at Palace is keen for him because we obviously saw exactly. what a great partnership you and yeah, exactly. he had. So obviously everyone would like to see that back together. Yeah, definitely. I'd, I've enjoyed playing with him 100, and um, I think we formed it formed it. Decent partnership. Um, 
But I think I think on the on the other side of that, I think that a lot of people are just talking about Anthony Garner. I think I think the the loss of Mila was was a massive thing for the team as well. I mean, not only um, has Mila been fantastic on the pitch, but he's been fantastic off the pitch as well. He's he's kind of brought a whole new attitude to the training ground. Uh, he's an international player, and and he's he's totally committed to his football and totally committed to becoming better. And that's the way we all want to be in this football club. So the loss of both those players was significant, you think, in the season, yeah? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I've got a very quick question for you, Paddy. I was unsuccessful in buying your home shirt okay. earlier on. So I was wondering how much to buy this shirt off you now. Okay, how much did my home shirt go for? Oh, I think it was at least £60. 60 I'll get you one for 25 Not Oh, sweet. <laughs> deal, and deal. I'll, and I'll still make a profit on that, so... <laughs> and Mark, your last I've question. Got one quick question. Training, the academy, next season, your prediction, the best player, no one who started in the first team yet, who do you think is going to come through and shine next season from the academy? Because everyone in the club loves the academy and everyone's interested in what's going on behind the scenes. Who do you think is going to come through? Well, it's a tough question, you know, because every uh, we have the benefits of training with these kids. They, they kind of get drip, drip fed into us week in, week out. They'll be put into first team training and I have to say that every one of them when they've trained individually have acquitted themselves unbelievably well and, and they've, they've come straight into the first team and, and, and not looked out of place so if I was a bit if I, thank God I'm not a betting man because I, I listen I, I, it would be it would be wrong of me to put, put a name on that question because as I said there's so much talent in our, in our youth, youth system that so, or Ennis listen or it, it could be it could be one of a number so and as I said it, it wouldn't be right, right for me to put a name on it Okay, we're just standing here, we've just interviewed uh, Paddy. Uh, I wanted to talk to Mark about his, uh, his no-nonsense tough interviewing style, but before I do, I'm going to ask Albert. Albert, how did you, how did you uh, feel Mark's interviewing style was during that question and answer session? He is the Jeff Shreves of whole radio. <laughs> I was, um, I, I mean, I am sweating because of the heat and my fatness, but that made me sweat even more. Mark, what's your thoughts on your style? Well, I think you've just got to go straight to the point, mate. You want? You think we got to go straight to the point? How how long does it take you to get to a point, generally? Mate, <laughs> who knows? Six, how long have you got? Seven. <laughs> anyway, that's just a little 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 bonus for you. We're gonna go and find someone else now. Bye. Right, you, uh, you join us here again. We've just managed to interview Anthony Gardner for about uh, four minutes. Unfortunately, didn't seem to record properly. Um, only about two seconds recorded, and that's really not going to be enough. So we're going to run through what, what Anthony said. Um, first thing is I asked him how, how he felt his season went. Um, he felt it was, it was positive for him to play so many games. Um, obviously, it's not something he's done on a regular basis for some time. Uh, but he's, he's really, really enjoyed himself this season. Um, I then asked him uh, how he, I, I said um, basically his partnership with Paddy the two seemed to complement each other and Anthony agreed and, and, and said that he really enjoys playing with Paddy and they're very good at uh, covering for each other's mistakes and, uh, and working to each other's strengths and uh, then Mark spoke to Paddy Mark what was your conversation uh, Anthony what was your conversation with Anthony well basically I just wanted to know from Anthony whether he thought he'd be lining up with um, 
Paddy McCarthy next season and he, he certainly didn't seem like he was wanting away very quickly. I think he was maybe maybe biding, biding his options but to be honest I think he, he, you know, he, he sounded really settled and comfortable at Palace and he was enjoying it here. Whether he signs or not is obviously uh, debatable but he, he seemed like uh, he was likely to line up next year with Paddy. His uh, final words were, I don't see why not, weren't they? Exactly, I don't see why not, which is positive stuff for all Palace fans. OK, we're here with Johnny Williams, winner of two awards, Johnny. Which ones were they? Yeah. Which were your, what were your two awards today? Uh, Vice President's Young Player and um, Scholar of the Year. Well deserved. Um, as a, on a personal um, sort of uh, angle, how's your season been? Uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed my season so far. Um, obviously, I was gutted with the injury, but um, I've had time to come back and come back stronger and support the fans, my family, the staff. And uh, now to kick on and achieve bigger, bigger things. Uh, when you got that injury, obviously you're miles away from home in Estonia or something? Uh, Armenia. Armenia. I'm a racist. Um, no, and obviously a horrible injury to get. Um, but I mean, you come back pretty quickly. Were you, were you sort of happy with how, how quickly you came back? Yeah, um, I think it's uh, psychological as well. You have to be positive when you're injured and um, focus on getting back fit. I think that helps if you're doing the right things every day. And uh, I'd like to thank Manos and John for the work they put in when I was injured. So, sorry, my, my ass is being pinched by <laughs> Kelly. Um, it's alright, it's alright, don't worry about it. Um, like one of the one of the things that when you first came back, you went, I mean, you, like you said, a psychological thing, you went straight right into a tackle. That made me very, very happy to see it. But um, quite a uh, tenacious tackler in the midfield, eh? Yeah, um, you know, I don't hide from a tackle. That's just, if it's there to be tackled, you tackle. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That wasn't really a question, I apologise. Mark? Johnny, like, has uh, Dougie said anything about the next season coming, like, where he wants you to play, what what sort of uh, formation he wants to, you know, achieve next season? You know, uh, where, where, where would he, or where would you like, ideally, to play in the setup that Dougie's got? Uh, I like playing uh, centrally, I prefer playing centrally, but I don't mind playing just as much on the left and the right, as long as I'm playing in the team, I'm happy, so. Do you think, do you think there's a part of your game that's, that's better, where, if, you know, take Dougie out of the occasion, where, you know, if you said you play anywhere on the pitch, where would you like to play? Where do you think you're most effective? Okay, Yeah, I prefer being in the central areas, but I don't mind coming from the left to the right, I don't mind, honestly. I like playing the midfield, so. Mark's been very forceful with his questions today, go away Mark, Albert, have you got anything? Yeah, uh, I was, we were on the table next to you and obviously you've got yourself, uh, Sean Scannell and Will Saha on the same table. Obviously you're all mates and you know you work together every day, but deep down tonight you're thinking, yeah, this award's got my name on it. Is there any rivalry there? Or? Oh, no, not at all. We're all proud of each other, you know. We've played with each other and uh, we've all come up to the first team together, so we're happy for each other, you know, they're good lads. Um, yeah, happy to call them my teammates. 
Hi, I'm, uh, I'm here with Curtis Fleming. Uh, hi, Curtis. I'm Chris, by the way. Hi. Um, just uh, an interview for Homestyle Radio. So your, your role as a development coach, um, how have you found out this season? Pretty enjoyable. Um, it's, a, it's a good job to have at Crystal Palace because of the pathway through to the first team. is over for all the lads, so you know when you're talking to them and, and saying if you're good enough, you'll get a chance that it comes to fruition. And it showed that with this pile of silver, John, uh, Johnny Williams this season. And uh, and the academy system's so good here, you've got a lot of players forcing their good to trying to get into your squad, you know? There's some pretty fantastic, like you say, some fantastic guys coming through. Um, I've never seen quite so many centre-backs coming through in one go, really. Uh, Ryan Innes in particular has really impressed me when I've seen him. Uh, how do you rate Ryan? Yeah, you would. he's very, very young. Um, you know, he's a good player for his age and stuff like that, but uh, what we've got to do is, as the, the manager said earlier, we've got to, got to keep the feet in the ground and, and prepare them for the day-to-day, the professional aspects of the game. They go from academy to the professional uh, thing, but uh, what they have going for them is they're all joints. Yeah, yeah. They can all it's play. Huge. They're huge. Um, they can play, and, uh, and they know, as I said to you, that they definitely get a chance. They're all good kids to work with. You all want to play for Palace's first team. You don't want to play for anyone else's first team, which is a great thing for us and a great thing for them. Absolutely. Um, so last little bit on the, the development side of things. Obviously, we don't play in the league. Um, we play like a rearranged, rearranged friendlies with like uh, top clubs. Has that worked well this season for you? It works very well because you can, uh, because the size of the squad and and the games that you need, especially to develop the lads. Sometimes you're playing. Um, well, I heard that the league before a couple of seasons ago. You're playing a half seven on a Tuesday night against on a great pitch in the middle of November. So what we can do is we know we're going to play on good pitches. We can talk the, to the fellow managers of the other teams to see how strong a team they're going to put out. And uh, and we can just judge when we integrate our lads into it, um, which is very, very important because I think that sometimes you force them into playing. You played Reading this season a couple of times and Ian Hart played and Jay Tab played. Yeah. Uh, tough, tough games. The result for us wasn't the be-all and end-all. It's the development of the kids playing against quality players. There were some pretty harsh lessons in there, weren't there? Like 6-0 against Southampton, I saw. That must have been a pretty harsh lesson. But the guys would have learned a lot from that, wouldn't they? Yeah, but for us it's very, very important because there's not three points. There's not 25,000 people there. It's the highs and lows of the game. We've got to get ready for professional games. And sometimes that happens. And sometimes you learn different things about people when you're on the back foot in games. Instead of the front foot in games. But we've all played and we're quite demanding the manager. No one likes getting beaten by six. Um, but at the end of the day, that's happened in games. I've had I've played 500 league games and it's happened to me on a few occasions. So um, it's part of the learning. I've just got a couple of questions for you, Kai. It's like, how long are you going to be at Palace for? Do you know? Well, I hope for a long time. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, I'm you know, Yes, I love it. I love going to work every day. Can I just ask you, out of the current crop of youngsters, who do you see for next season progressing the most? He's very, very... Uh, there's no names for me because I just think that we put too much pressure on lads. We're throwing out names and we're saying he's going to do this, he's going to do that. When they're ready, we'll shift them up. It's, we, it's saw, a, we saw a lot of youngsters 
Rangers, like Brian Innes and Apaya, get into the squads and maybe get like a few minutes out this season. Can you see uh, more coming through this season and Doogie giving them a chance? There's no doubt, there's no doubt about that, but it's uh, who, who does and who's going to play 20 games, we don't know who's going to play one game, we don't know. It's about, it's about um, judging where they are, how they are, and then not rushing them. Maybe some need to be Johnny Williams steps straight in. The mental and physical, mental and physical thing, yeah? Yeah, there's just so many different aspects to it. It's social. It, there's so many aspects of being a professional player. Yeah. And uh, it's not just all technical ability. It's not all physicality. It's not all fitness. There's so many different aspects. So we judge that. And the manager will make a decision. It's a prom promising academy from an outsider's point of view, from as a fan. Yeah. Academy looks great. Is it great? Is it as good as we think it is as fans? Yeah, but you don't even have to ask me that because you just look at the players that are playing for the first team now and come over the last five years. I want, I want you to... Mark, stop it! <laughs> no, because I want, I want the fans to realise that we have got a great, great crop of youngsters at Palace and we're developing them the right way. Well, I don't need to be here. You can stay here. That's fantastic. That's, that's exactly I right. Seriously, I don't know what's got into him tonight. He's, he's been like this the whole night. Uh, last, little, last little bit. Last little bit. Um, see, you're, you're playing career here, you're a bit cut short by injury. Yeah, you, yeah, 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 terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you were quality, I saw you a fair few times. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you got a personal highlight from your playing time at Palace? Um, really, I, uh, no, I, I captained, uh, I was very, very lucky to be made captain here, and uh, for me that's a great honour, because I think that to be accepted by the lads that you play with and the manager to make a decision. We played Liverpool out here and uh, I think we beat them in the replay, Julian Gray at Anfield, but I played the first game and captained them. Uh, and for me that was a great honour. Uh, I just love playing football, I love playing football at the time, to be captain at the time, to hear them out on a live game TV was fantastic. So for me that was it. Whoops, uh, nearly forgot to come back on air there. Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, sorry, um, we're still still waiting to, for Steve Parrish to get himself uh, on, on Skype and talk to us. Um, so he had about 15 minutes when he was uh, uh, on his way home. I believe he's managed to uh, managed to start tweeting, so hopefully he'll be with us shortly. Um, but just, yeah, obviously we've just, just heard our, our little um, jaunt player of the year. There's a couple of comments that I've picked up coming through on on Twitter, Ben, are you there? I am, yeah. Um, just the one specifically referring to Mark, I was thinking of, really. <laughs> yeah, basically, just says, "Lol, not Chris, but the other guy asking questions sounds so pissed." Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they're fair allegations. Um, Mark doesn't remember anything of the interview with John Williams, for example. Uh, he was quite surprised when I told him that we'd spoken to John earlier on today. But <coughs> excuse me. But yeah, 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 absolutely. As as you'd come to expect from us, but I mean, obviously it was it was it was a great night out. And again, I apologise for the the shouty quality um, of of our, of our recording interviews there. Um, obviously, we got a little bit of time and, and a little uh, until Steve comes on, unfortunately. So we we, we can sort of we went very very quickly rush through our. Um, he says he's here. Uh, oh no! Um, how there he is. Yeah, there he is. Okay, let's wait. Um, hold on. How do I do this? This is this. Is, there we go. Here we go. Okay, just uh, adding Steve to our conversation now. 
la, 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 la. Uh, ah, there you go. Hi, Steve. Hello, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm not too bad. It's panicking a little bit there. <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry to be a bit late. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I um, may have... May have slight, oh, 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 I can, I can hear I can myself, myself, Steve. Steve. Uh, uh, what do I do about that? Have you got any you headphones, headphones to, plug to plug in? Oh, you want me to plug in? We've never done this before. Let me just uh, try... I blame Mikey. If I turn you down, how does that, is that better? That is better. I mean, it's always good to turn me down, to be fair. But, um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's much better. I'm, I'm not fine with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, get, I get that. Um, <laughs> no, thanks, uh, thanks, thanks very much for joining us. It's really, it's really I hate mine. I hate mine. Um, um, I'll try. No, I can't. Anyway, get us You're cutting out, guys. I don't know why that is. Um, I can, I can, I, can only stop it. I don't think that's what the problem is, though. Let me try and call you back. Cheers. Oh, uh, we'll um, just, just there. Um, well, we'll try that again. Um, that's the beauty of <laughs> live radio. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I might have to uh, drop some other people off of our call. That's what's going to happen. So I'm going to wave goodbye to a few of the other lads. Um, pretty much anyone but myself and, and Mark, really, who are doing the interview. So, um, so bye, Aaron. Bye, Chris. Oh, you'll come back Cheers, later. Cheers, Aaron. Bye. See you later. Uh, bye, Ben. Come bye. back. Tune a little bit. Um, I felt a little bit like the Waltons at the end there. Um, I'll leave Mikey on, and I'll try and um, we'll try and get Steve back on now. But there we go. I mean, like I say, that's live radio for you. Mm. Let's see if that helps. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's obviously the the, the subjects we're going to go through. Uh, is that any better, Steve? I can hear you now. Is there any echo? No, nope, perfect. We're all good. Right. I booted right. a load, a load of the other ones. Okay, cool. Um, sorry, mate. We'll get we'll get straight into this now. Um, thank okay. you very much for for joining us. Much appreciated. Uh, the first thing I wanted to mention is um, we got a message from the guys who are doing the destination Dubai um, charity drive, and they just wanted to uh, say a big personal thank you to yourself and the club uh, and the, and the fans for their support. So we'll get that one in there now. It's a pleasure. They're doing an amazing thing, right? It's an incredible thing. So uh, all power to them. Absolutely. Oh, I can't. Some of the things that people put themselves through is absolutely amazing, and they're no exception. Fantastic stuff. Some people even wear Brighton shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Seen that? I can't. I could never. I mean, I could never live with that <laughs> myself. But <laughs> you know. Okay, that's great to speak to. Uh, obviously, Mark's here. He's going to help me uh, run run through the evening, Steve. Good 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 night last night, Steve. I had a great night last night. Yeah, it's, it's just brilliant. It wasn't it a great night? Thousand oh, people there. Top draw. Top draw. Brilliantly, brilliantly organised. I thought superb. Yeah, absolutely superb. I thought as well. Yeah, very, very good. I think as Mark, Mark was saying before the before uh, before the show when we were talking that they seem to get better every year, and I was yeah I couldn't agree more. Like last year was my first one, and it, but this year it just just stepped up another level. It's an absolutely fantastic night. Yeah, definitely um, the best one I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone said that, and I thought it was very good. And I think hats off to Phil Alexander and Cheryl at the club that um, they spend so much time organising it. You know, it's a really big thing to organise now. Yeah, thousand yeah. people. So uh, yeah, that was impressive. Excellent. So it was good turnout players as well. It was really nice to see. And the way that everybody interacts together, you know, and and just it's just great, isn't it? The whole. It's just like one big family, isn't it, Steve? 
it's just good. Paddy, Paddy particularly as captain, yeah. I think, is exemplary, isn't he? Talk to anyone, have his photograph taken with anyone. All the all the guys there, all the players. Thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah. totally. Okay, fantastic. Well, um, let's let's start with the fairly the fairly standard uh, run of the mill question that you get every time every time we speak to someone. Really, the, the, the season as a whole. Um, would you say that your your targets were met? Yeah, I think they were met, but I mean they weren't met in the way that you would want. Really, I suppose you would you'd probably hope for a, a you know if you had a slower start and a better finish, that would probably be more desirable in terms of enthusiasm for everybody going into the next season. So. But yeah, I mean, if you look at it in the round, I think it was a very good season. I think we've learned a lot as owners, and I've learned a lot as chairman. Uh, the management team have learned a lot, and we'll try and take that into next season and improve with it. That's really the aim. And I think the cup run was great. It was fantastic. We had sort of, you know, a couple of weeks that were amazing. But that is it out of a cup run. You know, you get a couple of weeks, and I think we all want more than that. And I think next year is going to be about promotion. It's going to be about trying to get a higher league placing, get into the playoffs, maybe, maybe you know, you never know, get beyond that. And that's what we're going to work towards this summer. I think that's oh yeah, very, very encouraging to hear. And I know there was, there was similar comments made at the fans forum. One thing I wanted to make reference to is obviously there was quite a lot of information that came out of that. And that was a pretty well attended night and it was very good as well. Really enjoyed myself. But um, that, I, I think obviously we're going to, a lot of the questions we're going to ask you, you've probably answered there, but obviously not everyone's heard it. So we'll, we'll try and sort of react to the information that's out there as well. I just thought I'd make, make a quick mention of that. Um, just on that cup run before I, uh, before I hand over to Mark, do you, do you I mean, I, I think it's a fairly obvious question in some ways, but although we did go 10 games unbeaten afterwards, but was it really the cup run that did us in the end, do you think, and led, led to that end of the season the way it was? No, honestly. No? I, think, I think probably we're just not quite good enough. I think okay. that's the honest truth. I think, I think we'd have got closer without the cup run, and then you never know if you're close... And a few people slip up. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Never know, but probably we're just not not quite there yet, are we? Mm, I think that's fair. A lot of people, um, conversations I've had with people anyway, uh, they've been they they point to the fact that you know we were third so um, so early on, uh, and, and uh, do you think that maybe led to some slightly unrealistic expectations? No, look, I think you know there is an element of luck involved in our division. You know who you play and when you play them can can have a, a drastic effect on your season. I think at the beginning of the season, we were playing people at a good time for us and a bad time for them. Mm, uh, a good example, I remember playing Burnley at home. I mean, a year before, I don't know if you remember when George was in charge, we played Burnley at home. 
and we didn't get a kick. We got a draw, but it was a, a travesty. You know, I mean, they should yeah. have they should have beaten us three four nil. Um, and but you know they just sold made they were made to sell, sell their right back. Uh, I know Eddie a little bit, as everybody knows, he's well mm. called because he was thinking about coming to us for a while. And I chatted to him after the game, you know, and he was quite down. It had been a bad week for the squad, you know, they'd had their great right back taken away from them. And, you know, they just weren't feeling very positive about life that week. And we caught them at a good time, you know, and, um, and, we, um, and, and got a result. And then in the back half of the season, we seemed to be playing people constantly. They had something desperate to fight for whether it was relegation or promotion or whatever. So when you play people in our division, I think has a massive bearing. That That's the luck element, really. You know, yeah. and has a bearing on where you end up. And But in the round, I suppose you'll get good luck and bad luck most seasons. And um, in the end, it, probably we ended up more or less where we deserve to be. I, I think probably with the cut run, we'd have ended a li- little bit higher. Mm. Uh, but you know that that's that's I think probably a fair reflection about where we are at the moment, and and we need to realise that you know you can't fix anything unless you understand where you are. You know mm. if you delude yourself about where you are, you're never going to get better. Okay. Um, what I do know is this group of players, management, are completely focused on 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 getting there. You know everybody's pointing in one direction. There's no contention. We're all sitting down having constructive conversations about how we get there. And that's what we, we'll be focused on doing this year and this summer. Okay, that's fantastic. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Mark? Yeah, hi, Steve. Um, you alluded in in the opening comment about uh, the way the sort of season panned out. And I think I agree with you 100%. I think it was a satisfactory season. And I think if if we'd done as well at the start of the season as we did at the end of the season, people would probably look at it in a completely different way. Um but obviously it didn't happen quite like that, and I suppose uh, it sort of petered out a little bit. But um, what I was going to sort of ask you about was, if you could change one thing sort of within your control about the season that's just gone, what would it be, and what will you do differently next season? What have you learnt this season that you'll do differently next season, Steve? That's a great question. Uh, What could we change that is within our control? Um, I think, you know... We tried to change everything that was in within our control last season. I think we've got a bit more time now, and you know, as I've gone on record many times and said, getting a good side is a rolling stone. You know, you need to bring in better players, move out the players that you don't think are quite good enough for you and your squad, um, and you know, you need to work from there. So we'll just be trying to improve the squad through the summer and give Dougie more options in terms of what we would have done. I think you've seen other teams in the past for sake cup runs for the benefit of the um, of the league. And unless you're really in football, um, like I've got the good fortune to be now, you don't necessarily understand what a physical toll it is on players playing even two games a week as we have to in the in the championship when you get to that Christmas time, January time. Uh, and then when you're you're playing, and we, we played Man United on the Wednesday, Derby on the Friday. I think we had another game, you know, on the following Tuesday. You know, unless you've got a very, very, very big squad, that's almost impossible to to, to manage. And um, so I think we've got to look at that. And I'm not saying we'll go out of cups on purpose. Of course we won't. You know, we'll, we'll feel the competitive, competitive side and we'll do our best. But, you know, I don't think we'll necessarily put the kind of importance to them that we did last year. 
Mm, that's fair. Good stuff. Um, Steve, just uh, like a bit more light-hearted, what was your personal highlight of the season? Personal highlight of the season? It's going to be very, very difficult to get past beating Penn United at Old Trafford, isn't it? Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, it was yeah. just a moment. And it is just a moment, guys. It doesn't move our club forward, really. Um, you know, our club needs to be moved forward by getting into the next league. So I don't overplay it. But, you know sitting in a seat and watching Wayne Rooney and Rio Ferdinand and Ryan Giggs walk past you with faces like thunder. <laughs> you know, is mm. you know, first of all shows you what winners they are as people. Yeah. And I don't mean any disrespect to that because I was actually impressed. I thought we might get a little well, well done or a little something, you know, as they walked down, they, they were behind us the whole game. Yeah. And we got nothing, just literally they looked like fit to kill, you know. So, um, but, you know, I'll always remember that night at Old Trafford. It was an amazing night. And um, we auctioned off last night my ticket and my director's box ticket and the shirt. And it went for a, you know, signed shirt with the players. And it went for a big amount of money. And I'm sure in, in, in future years it will appreciate in value because it's, it's an amazing night for the club. You know, Darren's goal, what an incredible goal, you know. Um, but it's, even though I think it's fantastic, it was only one night. And that's not what I want, you know. This afternoon's been dominated by the Premier League and, you know, QPR being a part of that whole fantastic ending to the Premier League season. And that's where we want to be, you know. We want to be shaping those kind of moments. And um, I, I suppose Man United gives you a real appetite for that. And uh, that's, you know, that's what we want to try and achieve. And whilst Cups are great, the league is everything. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I, I just wanted to make a quick mention that the question that Mark asked earlier on that was texted to me by Pete Robinson. He'll hate me if I don't credit him for, for what you call a great question. So I thought I'd um, to bring that one up. Um, I think le- leading on from that, uh, I was asked really to, to ask you if, if you feel that your perhaps your honeymoon period for, for yourselves is over now and, and are you, whether you're still enjoying it. It's quite a negative question. but I, think I hope I'm, it's over. I hope it's yeah. over. Yeah, I'm a bit bored with it. Yeah, I, I really do hope it's over. Yeah, I, I, you know, even at the fans forum, you know, mm. there were fans standing up, you know, and saying, oh, you know, a bit negative and all that stuff. Great. Absolutely brilliant. You know, that's what the game's all about. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need people being nice to me for, you know, just because of whatever. You know, I want people to speak their mind and, and say what they feel. I don't want it to be dull, and football's a game of opinions. Um, and, you know, I've spoken to the manager about this on many occasions. Um, you know, if, if, if Doug is lucky enough and uh, good enough, which I think he is, to, to go on in the game, hopefully with Palace, mm-hmm. to a bigger stage, um, then, you know, we, you've got to learn to live with the fact that people love football, and, they, and they've got a point of view on it. And they're all entitled to their opinion, every single person. And I don't want people to be contented with where we are. I don't want people to think it's enough that we're in the championship and we're doing all right. It's not enough. Mm. Um, people, you know, it's, it's all great. That's what it's football. You know, that's opinions and, you know, it gets very emotional and it gets very passionate. And, you know, that's what we want at our club. I don't want a load of people just sitting there towing the line because I think you know Steve came in with it with with Jeremy and Stephen and Martin and they saved us so we can never say anything to them you know that's not where we are you know 
I'm happy to fight back, by the way, as well, and say, look, I'm spending this amount of money. I'm doing all I can. You know, if you've got a better way of doing more, then I'll go and look at it. So, so I'm all for an open debate. Is, is there any, anything of, of late that you've you felt like biting back? There's obviously been a lot of um, criticism of playing style, and that's something that's been cropping up on Twitter, I've noticed, as, as we're talking to you. Um, have you got your, your own views on that? And you, you know what, you don't want to undermine anyone at the club or anything like that, but... But, I mean, where, where where do you stand on that kind of issue? Well, where I stand, as a fan, you know, I'd love to go out and, you know, smash people. You know, I'd, I'd love to be watching what I watched when I was growing up, you know, where we had, you know, real attacking intent. But, you know, we've got to understand that the game has changed. And I think where we are now, if we went out and we played an expansive game, we'd get beat. Mm. You know, cause, because we're not good enough right now to, to do that. Um, it's an incredibly competitive league if you look at Reading Man City in their league Man City have just won their league they play 4-5-1 yep. Reading play 4-5-1 um, or 4-3-3 whatever you want to call it and you know at the beginning of the season it served as well um, you've got if you're going to play 4-3-3 you've got to have very clinical players at the top of the pitch yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, at the moment, the players that we've got, because you know, you've got to bear in mind that you know, Glenn's never played in the championship before; it's his first season. Um, Wilf's a young player. Sean's a young player. You know, we've not quite got that formula up at the top of the pitch. Um, if I look at a Reading, they play four at the back, two sitters, and they bring it on. They play deeper than us, Reading. If anybody went to Reading away, I couldn't believe yep. how deep they played. Yeah, Reading won the championship with four players standing on the 18-yard box and four players about five yards in front of them. Mm. The difference yep. with Reading is they soak it up, soak it up, they get a chance. Kebby, McEnough, Noel Hunt, Jason Roberts from January, 1-0. Yep. Steve, do you, think, do you think it's about experience then? Do you know what? I think, to be honest, it's about a formula. And I think it's if it was as easy as writing down on a bit of paper what it is, anybody would do it. You know, it's about finding the right blend of youth, experience, belief. Um, I think as the season wore on, I, I think our strikers just ran out of belief. You know, I think that when you get in that last third of the pitch, you've got to believe that that ball's going to go in the goal every single time it gets in the last third of the pitch. And as the more it doesn't, the more that belief ebbs away. And the more that belief ebbs away the less it goes in, the less it goes <laughs> the more the belief ebbs away. You know, and I think that, to be honest, I mean, you saw Jamie Mackey today, he's playing on the right wing for QPR, all of a sudden he, he gets across, he finds himself, he's a natural born striker, he believes every time he's in that box, the ball's going to go in the goal, he's got that kind of confidence at the moment. Mm. You know, and unfortunately that's just not where we are right now, you know, and, and confidence dropped off. Um, and I could see it, every time we got in the last third of the pitch, we never really thought that we were going to score. Um, and, you know, that's what we've got to try and solve. I honestly think, if, you know, I don't think the strikers we've got at the club are bad. I think they're good strikers. I think if we can probably bring in one more or somebody that will just unlock that kind of magic, I think they'll all start scoring. Mm. Um, that, 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 that's generally what I think. You know, I don't think football anymore is a game in our league where you dominate teams. You know, West Ham didn't dominate us. Southampton didn't dominate us. You know, Reading didn't dominate us. You know, Reading were fighting for the title and we gave them a good game at their place, 2-0. Yep. Now, they weren't promoted when we went and played them 
And yet, you know, we were every bit as good as them on the day. Um, all right, the sending off might have gone in our way a little bit, but, you know, we're not a million miles away. We've got to get a bit more clinical up top, and if we, we're winning, fans will be happy. They won't give a, you know, monkeys about 4-4-2, 4-3-3, 4-5-1, whatever. You know, yeah. if, we're, if, we're, if we're winning, they'll be happy, and, and we just need to tinker with the engine a bit, try and find the formula. Fans have to understand that some of it just isn't a finite science. If it was, everyone would do it. Yeah, exactly. No, that's it's, not no, it's not. It's not an overnight. Uh, not something you can change just overnight, is it? It's, uh, no, it's going to take, feel... take a little bit of time. Me and Doug have been talking a lot about Blackpool because mm. you know Ian Holloway. I mean, he is genuinely insane, isn't he? You know? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, he is genuinely insane. But but what a manager! Yeah, you know, I mean. He gives players a chance. He sees something in players other people don't see. He inspires players somehow. You know, I don't know what will happen against West Ham against Blackpool, but I'm pretty convinced they'll score Blackpool. Yeah. Because they're, you know, just just the way they set up, the way they play the game, the enjoyment they seem to get out of the game. You know, the players that he gives a chance to that are, you know, I mean, I'll be honest. I'll tell you a story. This is a story I've never told before. And, and and this is me taking it on the chin. And I've said this to Dougie many times. I stood at a, a Preston game at the end of last season and Paul Ince was there. Yep. And through a few things, I, I, I've met Paul before and he's a lovely, lovely guy. And he stood there with, with uh, his son, Thomas. Mm. And uh, Paul said, oh, mate, how are you doing? I said, yeah, I'm doing great. How are you? He said, yeah, yeah, this is my son, Thomas. He's been on loan. I think he'd been on loan at Preston. I'm not sure, but I think he'd been on loan there. So I said, how are you doing, Thomas? He said, yeah, yeah good. I said, where? He said, I'm contracted to Liverpool, you know, but I've been on loan. How's it going? He said, well, it's not really going great, you know. He said, I'm not, you know, I'm not really getting a chance. Some of the teams I've been to, they don't pass the ball like I want to pass the ball. And I've got to be honest, guys. I thought, well, you know, you, I don't know, I don't know anything about you, Thomas. I've never heard about you, you know. And Paul was kind of saying, you know, what about the Palace sort of thing, you know? Mm. How about, you know? And I was sort of, I don't know, really. And, and I mentioned it to Dougie, and Dougie said, I've never really, you know, I've not really heard about him, you know. To be honest, it was young, you know, it was only young. Yeah. I mean, I thought against Birmingham. He was the best player on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was sensational. I player on the pitch. All I could do when I was sitting watching it, I made him hands all the way through the game, thinking, <laughs> oh, I could have had him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh. and this is the problem with the game. You know, we're looking for... Dougie said it, uh, Lenny said it brilliantly at the fans forum. We need unexposed players. Yep. You know, we're 20 goal a season strikers that fans call me about. You know, they're, they're, they're out of our league, guys, realistically. Mm. You know, we've got so many clubs chasing those kind of players. You know, the, the, the total cost of them is four, five, six million. You know, we need to do what Ian Holloway does. Um, well, Kevin Phillips is not exposed, but, you know, he's, he's, he's found a niche for Kevin as well. You know, yeah. we, need to, we need to find that little edge. That's all we need right now. We need a little edge that gives us some goals, something a bit special from somewhere. It could have been Thomas Ince and... and you know, I don't know if there's any Premier League clubs out there that ever listen to this, but I mean, if he's not good enough for the Premier League, then I don't know a player in the Championship that is. Because yeah. what a fantastic player! And hats off to Holloway from giving him a, a chance because you know he made the difference in that Birmingham game. Certainly, the first leg that I saw. Yeah, no, absolutely, it was it was frightening, really. Um, 
Uh, Mark, sorry, you got one of Yeah, uh, slightly off off topic a bit, but a matter pretty close to the heart of many many fans at Palace. Uh, it's all about the kit, basically, Steve. We've got a brand new spanking bespoke kit, and uh, lots of people have been asking us questions. So I forward on to you. Reasons behind the move away from a big brand name, and does this kit make the club money? so forth we've got a few questions what's the sort of uh, did all the owners have an input into the way they wanted to look uh, the kit to look and also we believe that there was a fan involved and I just wondered for the benefit of those who were not at the fans forum can you explain to our listeners how a fan became involved in the design and helped negotiate a deal for the kit yeah I mean I was, I've been passionate about the kit because I believe you know I want us to look good when we step out on the field you know, I want I want a kit that I think looks great. You know, I like to think that you know I know a little bit. You know, I worry a little bit about the way I dress and you know the way you present yourself. And I think that um, the kits that we've had in the past few years have been a bit boring, frankly. Mm. Hats off to Simon Jordan. He, he got a sash kit made um, as an away kit. I didn't like the red shorts. Just didn't think it looked great. But he did pay for that. You know, to get that made. Um, and then I was presented this year with three kits from Nike, which were photo fit, photo fit kits that other teams around Europe would be wearing. Two of them were terrible, they were like rugby kits. Um, and one of them had stripes on, so it was just another kit with stripes. It was a, instead of having slightly, stripes with a slightly jagged edge, we would have just stripes. And, uh, you know, I just, I, don't know, I just said, I don't know what I'm looking at, guys. What am I looking at? It's just another kit with looks exactly the same as the one last year. Yeah. It's not a Palace kit. It's a generic kit from all over Europe. It's a bog-standard template, was it, sort of kit, was it? Well, what it is, Nike, to be fair to them, you know, outside the Premier League, the, the Nikes and the, you know, the Adidas is not interested, really. Mm. Because there's no, there's no, the only place we'll sell kit right now is to our fans. So, you know, 5,000, 8,000 kits, maximum, maximum, probably more like 4,000, they're not going to make you a kit. So they've got kits that, you know, you could buy if you're in France and you've got a Sunday league side, you can buy the same kit as Palace wear. Inter Milan have got our kit this year in different colours. It's the same template, same uh, block. It's the same jagged stripes. It's just in in their colours instead of red and blue. So um, a guy, a fan had contacted me called John Rolls, who, who used to run menswear at New Look and now runs it at Primark. Massive, massive Palace fan. And... I said to John, John, you've got to do something for me. I can't, I can't, I can't have a kit that doesn't inspire me. You know, I, I just want to feel inspired on the first day of the season. You know, and I want a kit that I want to buy. Yeah. Um, and John worked tirelessly. First of all, we talked to Puma, who, to be fair, could give us a kit that pretty much looked like how we wanted to look. But JSPL, the supplier we've got, do a great job of running the shop. And they're a Nike supplier. They couldn't work with Puma. He knows all the normal kind of corporate politics. Yeah. Um, in the end, JSPL kind of came through. And they said, look, we'll manufacture you a kit of your own choosing. We've spoken to Nike. They're happy to still have Nike's training kit, which was great of them, to be fair. Yeah. And, and Nike, to be fair as well, did try. They sent their kit designers and said, maybe we can do something for you next year, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, I want it this year. I want a better kit this year. So, um, JSPL basically let us design our own kit. So, we were inspired by fans on the BBS and the, and the Homesdale Forum. 
We saw kit designs that had been put on there. Um, we found that one that we really liked. And based on the fact that while I'm at the club, we'll always have our own kit. We'll always have a unique kit. I said, well, let's have that one this year because we can have a different one next year. You know, we can always have the sash or we can have whatever we want. Yeah. Um, so the one we've got this year, I think he's fantastic. It's different. Certainly nothing's been seen uh, in the English League um, like it. John worked tirelessly to get it done. JSPL was so helpful with it. They asked us at the dying breath, could we have Avet, which is their own kind of brand, on it? Mm. And we said, you know what? Yeah, you can, because you've been so brilliant helping us get it done. The other thing was we wanted a player's fit and we wanted a, a, a big fit. And actually, that's a really hard thing to do. Even the big Premier League clubs, they either go for a player's fit, like a really tight-fitted shirt, like, say, Fulham, mm. and then what happens is their shirt sales actually suffer because people, not everybody can get in one, not everybody can, you know, wear <laughs> no. it over a jumper or whatever. So um, we, were, we managed to get a player's fit and, uh, uh, you know, a baggier fit kit. Um, and we're just, fingers crossed, when the first ones come through, they look as good as they do on the, on the artworks and everything we've done. And I think it's just something that everybody will buy into and, and, and be proud of. I know people have said it looks like well, our colours are Barcelona. You know, it looks like a Barcelona kit of some kind, but they're our club colours. You know, FC Basel's colours are Barcelona. In fact, Barcelona copied FC Basel. That's how those colours came about. So um, we've got our own red and blue. We've got our own Pantone colours of red and blue. So in previous seasons, we, we've had whatever red and blue those kits come out in. And I'm really enthusiastic about it, and I'm just just really hopeful that it comes out as well as um, we thought it would, and everybody's happy with it. And if it's not, we'll work tirelessly to make it better next year. Yeah, I think there's been, there's been yeah. most mostly a positive reaction, and I, and I know there had been a slight delay, but there should be some samples ready soon. I think John was saying at the fans forum, which is a which is a very positive thing. Look forward to seeing it. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the home kit. I just think I, I'm. I think the pro- a lot of people have struggled with the with seeing not seeing the away kit in the flesh. It just I'm not sure the pictures do it justice. And there's two very different sort of shades of yellow on what I've seen. I'm not sure you can shed any light on that. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes re- things reproduce differently, don't they? Yeah. But yellow. If you go on, you know, the kit history of Palace, yellow has been prevalent throughout our history. Mm. So we felt, you know, let's just make it our third colour. You know, so it's red, blue, and yellow. That's what we've got. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, the away kit, when I first saw it, I'm not sure about that. Mm. Um, but actually, it's growing on me. And I think it, it might actually surpass the home kit in some ways. Yeah, um, it's, yeah I, I think it's got something. But, you know, let's see. The home kit see. right now, I love. I love it. Yeah. Steve, Steve, I just got a quick question because it often comes up, and uh, you were talking about shirt sales, and uh, you know we might we might sell four or five thousand or so, but um, often the question comes up is uh, why is Palace kit never available in in some of the larger sports stores? Can you shed some light on the reason for that? Because it, it often comes up. Because I mean, I think I don't know if it's the same now because they just won the league, but you know the. the, the as very recently, Man City stopped selling their kits in any sports stores. The problem is, we probably wouldn't sell that many more, mm. but we get no money if we sell it. The time the wholesaler has their money, and then the retailer has their money, and then the retailer discounts it, we'll make nothing on the shirt. And, you know, if we sell it, it right now, where we are as Crystal Palace, if you want a Crystal Palace shirt, you'll find one. You know, and we sell them online. 
I mean, we've got a massive online sale. We sell more online probably than many other clubs as a percentage of what we sell totally. So we've got a really good online presence. We've got the club shop, and if somebody wants a shirt, they'll get one. And we, to be honest, guys, because we're selling them direct, effectively, we make the most money. If we sell them through a JJB or a Sports Direct, we make yeah. nothing on it. Mm. So that's, the problem is, yeah. if we sell them through those and you all bought them through those, it might be slightly easier for the customer because they don't have to come to the ground or whatever, but we would make a fraction of what we make now on the shirts. Oh, okay. that's clear, cleared up a few things. If we anyway, got the League and there was a bigger interest, you know, and then, then, then we would do it. And I do understand what people say about seeing Brandon around Croydon and all that stuff. Yeah. It, it irks them that Chelsea shirts are in. I do, I totally understand that. And I completely agree. It's just, you know, the, the benefit of the branding that we would get would be offset by the loss of revenue. Okay. Fair enough. That's fair. That's cleared that up. Thanks um, very much, Steve. Okay. Um, well, moving on to one of the other topics we've been contacted most about. I've picked out two, um, Two comments, one from uh, Ian Lyons and one from, from Danny H, uh, both off the Homesdale. Um, and it's referenced the new stadium. Now, obviously, um, some comments were made at the fans forum, uh, but they wouldn't have heard the current state of play. And, and Ian's reflected that in his comments. He says, I'd like to know where we stand on the ground at the moment, whether it's looking more likely we'll refurbish Stellahurst. And, and obviously, you, <laughs> you answered that question quite uh, equivocally at the fans forum, but... If you'd like to do so again, um, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I think refurbish sellers. I was a bit disappointed that it came across as refurbish. I think right now the options are rebuild Selhurst right. or go to the sports centre. So I don't want to think people, I don't want people to think we've watered it down to that extent that we're, you know, just going to sort of tar up the homes there or, you know, do something, you know, very basic with things. I mean, the intention is to get a new ground. You know, that's our intention. At the moment, it's looking more likely that that might be at Sellers Park because we've got quite considerable interest from um, we've got quite considerable interest from Sainsbury's and various other people in terms of redeveloping the site. But um, you know, so Sellers at the moment looks more likely as a kind of destination shopping destination with a football stadium. Um, but you know, who knows with these things? They're fluid. And they can change, but it, it, it looks more likely at the moment. There are a lot of challenges around Crystal Palace Park. We've offered a ticket levy that would help them develop the park in the manner that they require, as, as, as per the master uh, plan for the park, which is an ornamental garden. But we've not really got the kind of response and enthusiasm that we would like. So we, we you know, we've turned our attention more to Sellers Park because it's just more under our control, mm. um, and we've got fantastic support right now from Croydon Council. Fantastic support from everybody. Sainsbury's are being very supportive and, 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 you know, we're working on something there. But, you know, I wouldn't discount anything at the moment. My main aim is to make sure that, you know, in parallel with trying to get in the Premier League, that we've got a plan when we get there to have a stadium that's commensurate with a club that are playing in the Premier League. And that's really what we, we, we're aiming to do. But so Sellers seems the more likely at the moment. OK. Have you set yourself a time scale of, of when to firm up that decision at all? Um, we're working through this summer, um, so we've got a series of meetings in place. We've got architects looking at it. We've we've, we've done a um, a basic plan um, ourselves, um, which which looks very exciting. Um, so hopefully by the end of the summer we'll have something to say, you know. But these things aren't always in my control, you know. The, the other people are involved, so 
I hate making promises of when we'll get back to people, but that, that I'd like to think that September time we might have some new news. Okay, fantastic. And um, a question's coming on Twitter from Barbara Paul, who, who's asked, um, if we were to completely redevelop Selhurst, um, where, where would Palace play in the meantime? Well, I think there's two schools of thought there. You know, there's, there's, this, there's the, can we redevelop it while we play there? And one scheme we've, we've worked on is, is redeveloping it while we play there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is maybe we go and play at the sports centre while we're, while, while we're redeveloping Selhurst. I mean, outside of that, I don't really see a viable option. No. Because um, I, don't, I don't know who we ground share with that's in any way remotely palatable to me, let alone any of the fans. <laughs> not yeah, not going down the den. No, I think that's... that's where <laughs> nice people, fear. the Millwall people, though, you know? Yeah, yeah there's the lovely... The, the people in the ballroom, that's probably the best ground we go to in in the 20 or so away games that we have. From a, from a looking after us as directors really positive conversations about the you know the problems that, that that we all have together you know they really are a decent decent bunch down there i can't you know in the, the people that run the club are are fantastic yeah. that's good to hear i mean obviously they, they they're up against it tendencies and what have you so they don't have it easy like like ourselves um and on that subject of, of playing while redeveloping i think i'd look at some plans of uh tottenham's redevelopment of white Hart lane or at least their original plan of of looking at that, um, and they were kind of planning on building like a stadium adjacent to it and sort of switching over at the last minute. So obviously it can work, but um, but yeah, certainly not an easy thing to do. I don't think. Um, no, I think it depends where you are as well. You know, if you're in the Premier League, it's harder because you can sell out your ground. Yeah, true. So you can do one end at a time if you're in the Championship because you can move all the fans. You know, typically that you've got on a match day into the areas that that, that, that that you've got to use and vacate the ones that you haven't. But obviously, if in the, you know, last time we were in the Premier League, we basically sold out our ground for, you know, all the game. Yeah, yeah we did, yeah. Um, so, that obviously, it becomes a bit more of a challenge. Yeah. Interesting. Steve, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, moving away from, from the subject, I, I wanted to just bring up... Uh, financial fair play review Steve I mean it's it was agreed in principle by UEFA and obviously it was brought in to prevent professional football clubs sort of spending more than they earn in pursuit of success and in doing so avoiding getting into financial problems obviously which might threaten their long term survival Um, with Crystal Palace how will it affect Crystal Palace and if it comes in, when will it come in? And do you think this is achievable for football in general? Yeah, the championship version of it is slightly different, by the way. It's not the same as the Premier League version. Sure. Um, but um, I think it will affect it positively. You know, I'm sure people will try and find ways around it. But typically, I think it will, it will affect it positively. For Palace, you know, what the Palace fans have to realise is that with our attendances, we are about a mid-table, mid-to-upper table championship side um, on revenue, on income, on turnover, on money through the TV turnstiles and the other activities we do. Actually, funny enough, in the Premiership, we're probably, when we're in the Premier League, because we're a London club, we're probably higher up than we are in the Championship in terms of revenue, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, I can see that. So, um, you know, it, on the one hand, financial fair play is good. On the other hand, it does somewhat cement the status quo 
because you know you, it reduces the amount that you can invest in the side. But it's definitely overall, it's hugely beneficial. We're massive supporters of it, you know, because in the end, clubs are being put at risk. Community assets that that people follow get an enormous amount of enjoyment out that they identify with are being put at risk by by people that are coming in and playing fast and loose with their club, you know, for their own egos. Um, and, they, you know, they're having a year, oh, let's see if we get in the Premier League. If we don't, we'll just leave the club iron dry. Um, and that's not good for fans. It's, you know, it, it means you've got this kind of feast and famine mentality. Um, so we're hugely supportive of it. We think it will bring stability for the long term for football clubs. And in the end, that's what's important. You know, if it reduces... Palace or anybody else's possibility of getting in the Premier League. Actually, I would rather. Oh, you know, the other thing I would like, I would like to see the income smoothed out across the leagues. Obviously, it's probably too late, but you know, there's such a huge amount of wealth in the Premier League, such a huge amount of exposure. So you know, they get all this TV airtime. So all the young kids gravitate towards these clubs in the Premier League. The football now has become very out of kilter to where it used to be. You know, where the fan base was spread far more evenly. Um, so unfortunately, we're probably not going to change that now. But we can at least make sure that the clubs in the in the lower divisions survive, and you know that 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 would be fantastic for fans, which is in the end what the game's all about. You know, the people coming through the turnstiles make the game. Absolutely. But Steve, this is like entitled financial fair play, but in all honesty, it's got to really benefit the big earners, the top clubs in the in the top league, really. More than more than uh, clubs in the lower league, surely. Um, I think what it does, it, it, you know, as I say, it cements the status quo because what it says is, you know, you you can only really spend money based on what you generate, and obviously the clubs that have invested before, like Man City now have invested and are generating more money than they did before, they they benefit and they lock out effectively any other club that wants to try and invest now to get to where they are, um, but. You know, on the whole, though, I still think it's beneficial for football. And I think the way that football's configured in this country, if you're clever enough, you know, you can and you can get into the, you know, if you're talking about Premier League clubs, if you can get into the Champions League somehow, just sneak in there, you know, like Tottenham have done, um, then you know you can you can push your clubs to the next level without investing crazy amounts of money. What I'm absolutely against, personally, is what's happened at Manchester City. That's, for me, they've bought the league. That's what's happened. Yeah. Right? I think a lot of people would agree. Yeah. They're ever going to win the league unless, you know, the Abu Dhabi trillions come into that club and, it, you know, basically it seems to me it costs you about 500 million or a billion and you can buy the Premier League title. And, you know, I never thought that I'd be rooting for Man United as much as I did today. Mm. Um, but I just, it's not for me, you know, that whole thing. So financial fair play stops that then I'm a supporter of it. Absolutely. Good stuff. Okay, um, next thing I've been uh, contacted to ask you about was the current state of play with the training ground, how you you feel it's going and and where we are roughly with it. Yeah, I think the trust are working very hard. I'm on the periphery of that a little bit, but the trust are working very hard to try and get us a new training ground. They're in negotiations with the site, and uh, I think those negotiations are proceeding, and that would be sensational. You know, I mean, as I've said been on record before and said that's where players go every day mm. so if we're talking about something that helps the club attract talent uh, whether it's academy talent or um, 
you know, the first team talent and then the quality of the training ground of the place that players come to work every day is, is essential and, you know, the, the trust are working really hard to try and get us a new facility and, and all, all power to them for doing that. They get their inching forward and at some point they're going to come out to fans and they're going to say, look, we've found somewhere and, and this is, I mean, just give you the history of that, you know, they came to me and said, can we help with the ground? And I said, look, what would be really helpful if you could buy a training ground, the club will play, a, you know, a good rent on it. So it will give everybody a good yield on the money they've invested, probably a better rate than they're getting in the bank at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we would, And then it's something that you as fans own and, you know, we can never take away from you. Uh, you've got security there because you've got something that's worth something that you own. And it's not like owning half of a stand, you know, or, or a bit of the yeah. ground. You know, how do you manage that, really? Mm. Um, and they were, they were in favour of that. So they've gone away. They've, they've done a lot of work on it. And they've got a site. And let's, fingers crossed, they can do it. But, you know, the training ground is not, is not terrible. You know, it's a good training mm. ground. And uh, if we end up having to stay there, then that's fine. But if they can help take us to another level with that one, then, then that would be fantastic as well. Yeah, I really hope it works out. And I know, obviously, Furhad occasionally presents on this program, and he's yeah he's he's working himself into the ground, bless him. But um, yeah, hopefully we'll speak to him a bit later on. But no, that's that'd be fantastic. I really do hope that um, yeah, hope that comes to fruition fairly shortly. Um, Mark, Steve, I, you're, yeah. next. Steve, uh, we've already spoken about the kit, which you've clearly cleared up with everyone uh, very nicely. <laughs> now moving on to the crest, for some reason. We seemingly have a number of people still confused on the topic of the club crest. I understand you've put details of the proposed new crest in your programme notes very recently, but fans are still asking when the badge will be out, can you confirm the way it will be launched and when. And uh, there was also the, the note, it was noted that you also put some various options, stroke pictures on the message boards. Did people react as you expected to? To, to those pictures and, and finally when do you think the club crest will be implemented and these are all questions through across the board that the fans fans are asking and it's obviously uh, an issue that's quite close to to the supporters yeah. hearts so that's 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 why I'm bringing it up yeah we took on board all the comments of the crest and you know we're working on something in the background uh, that hopefully would appease everybody I'm sure it won't, but it will certainly, you know, I'll certainly feel when we do come out with something that we've covered off all of the main concerns of everybody and we arrive at something that's graphically more pleasing and doesn't, you know, and doesn't have the intricacy of our current badge, which when viewed at a distance can just look like a bit of a blob. Um, so um, we're working on it and as soon as I've got something, we'll stick it out there in the public domain. But, we, we, you know, we definitely. I think I, don't, I, I would have to admit that we we definitely got something. What interests me, by the way, I was looking at Liverpool's kit this year, and you know, people change their badge all the time. Yeah. And they just change it. They don't ask. You know, they just put something. I mean, Liverpool have got rid of the flames. Don't you, you know the eternal flames after? Yeah, right. yeah, they put it on the back, they, haven't they? They got rid of them, and you know, just got more of a you know just a classic kind of logo. So. I don't know whether it's just a Palace thing, but they, there seems to be a lot of fans. They're very the kit and the crest is very important to them, and I yeah. don't know whether it is just a Palace thing. But right. as you say, they so do. In the Premier League, they'd have less. To, you know, maybe it's because we're not doing well enough. You know, find something to moan about. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming up with something that I think is better 
taking on board all their comments and the history yeah. and all that stuff. And as soon as we, we do, we'll stick it out there and, and hopefully people will like it. Okay, Great. fantastic. Thanks for that. Cheers. Um, we're pretty much moving on to the just the, the questions that weren't covered in all those little topics. So hopefully nice quick Q&A for you. Um, one of the things, it's cropped up a couple of times. I've seen it, I'm sure I've seen it asked on the BBS as well. Uh, and there's a couple of people, I love Joe and I hate Clown Town, their usernames. And they said, uh, could you please ask Steve, no, demand him to move the advertising boards back at the Homesdale end. So it's been driving me crazy for the past five years when someone slots it in the bottom corner. I need to hear a loud thud as it hits the boards, avoiding a, to avoid a Bristol City type phantom goal. Um, any thoughts on that, Steve? Yeah, I've heard that mentioned before. I'll have another. I'll have a word about it. I don't know if it's possible or practical, or I don't really understand. You know, there'll, there'll be some reason why it can't be done, but I'll do my best. I'll certainly look into it and um, and see what I can do. Uh, we've got a question for you, Steve. Will Gwain on Twitter. He says, realistically, what are the objectives in the transfer market for Palace? And I know it's probably very difficult for you to be specific, and it's only just close season, but uh, obviously. It must be the forefront of uh, Doogie and the backroom staff's minds. Well, we just, you know, we want to get better. And that means that, you know, realistically, guys, in football, you know, everything is up for grabs at this time of the season. You know, there's so many moving parts to it. It's really hard to articulate. We just want to get better. Every opportunity that we think we can get to get better, we'll seize on. And, And, you know, we'll look at what opportunities present themselves. Um, and, you know, try and make those things happen. And it will be a question of, you know, net, net, net will put money in. But if it means that sometimes some players go and that frees up money to do more than you thought you would do in certain positions, then we'll do that. You know, so we just need to get more strength in depth. And that's what we'll be aiming to do. And, you know, we know we need firepower probably at the top of the pitch that I think will you know, make it easier for the for the rest of the guys to, to, you know, probably feel a bit more relaxed and just try and unlock that kind of scoring hoodoo that we tend to seem to have at the end of the season. Um, and, but it's just general, you know. I mean, I think, yeah, I think, see, fans are, I think the bottom line is fans just are curious if the club has has money, really, to spend in the transfer market. Uh, you, you, you alluded earlier about, you know, uh, when you're talking about, uh, Thomas Hintz, for example, you know, maybe he's he's one that escaped, but obviously there's a budget at Palace. Uh, I would imagine it's not a huge budget, but uh, I think people, obviously, based on what they've seen this season, and as you have just said about you know needing a striker and maybe being strengthening up in area in other areas, uh, people are just curious as to whether you know it all depends on whether we sell people to get people in or whether there is a bit of bit of money in the kitty or what really Doogie's got a transfer budget definitely yeah, uh, and you know it, it's just a question of him using that as wisely as he can you know mm. I mean so, is it a case of looking at down the lower leagues and trying to pick out from you know players like who who promise a lot rather than trying to pick up players who are going to cost a lot of money who have actually shown that they can do the business well, I think that you know a lot of the fans see um, a lot of the fans see you know lower league players doing very well, but what they don't realise is often those lower league players have been at those clubs for quite a long time. 
Yeah. Um, so when you go and get a player from the lower leagues, you know, they don't just come in straight away and start scoring or start, you know, doing all the things that they do um, do well. You know, they, they often need time. So, it's you know, we're looking abroad, we're looking at home, we're looking absolutely everywhere to get us talent that we believe will move us to the next level. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean uh, most people would have believed that, you know, Melee, I think, you know, added quite a lot to the squad this year. You know, obviously he was playing in Turkey, I think, last year. And it was somebody that Tony Popovich knew. Um, so, you know, you, we've got to look tirelessly around the world to try and find talent that will make us better. And, and as Lenny said, unexposed talent as much as possible so that we don't overpay for it. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's the challenge that we've got. And, and that's what we're trying to do. We have um, uh, somebody called CPFC Doe who said, can you ask Mr. Parrish about the right back we have agreed a fee for. Now, I know that this was discussed at the fans' forum. Obviously, not everyone was there. Um, for those who weren't present, uh, I suppose people are asking, is it a done deal? And uh, apparently, Doogie said that he believes he can be uh, as good as, if not better, than Nathaniel Klein, which is a pretty, pretty big statement. <laughs> we've got a range of players that we're looking at, and... We've agreed a fee for one particular player. Um, there's certain, you know, options that player's got, stay where he is or, or move on or whatever. So, you know, it's difficult for me to talk about that right now. But, you know, we're in the mix and, you know, we're busy doing as much as we can. So, you know, it's difficult for me to talk about that one, guys. Yeah, sure, I understand. Okay. Yeah, um, can I just say, we, we haven't completely vetted all of these things. If there's something you can't answer, no, 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 just, just let fine, us know. Fine. Listen, I just don't want to prejudice it, you know. Okay, cool. Um, Kev of CPFC um, contacted us and he said, firstly, I'd like to congratulate yourself and all concerned uh, in the excellent promotion and running of Crystal Palace FC. He said, but I'm concerned about league attendances at Sellers Park and why do you think attendances are dropping? Although I'm not sure of the facts of that. Um, He said, what do you think you can do apart from the promotions in place as a club to get bums back on seats? I think we've covered that in terms of winning games, but um, any further thoughts? I think attendances are actually holding up okay considering the economic climate and, you know, maybe sometimes, you know, where we've been in the league and all that stuff and people knowing that we're not going to make the playoffs. So, you know, but any suggestions would be great. You know, anything that people have got as a suggestion to get people to sell us would be great. We, we've got a limited staff and we try as much as we can. You know, we couldn't be any more open than we are as owners. Um, if anybody's got any ideas, you know, please contact us. Feel free, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll embrace them. You know, we want people to come to sell us and enjoy their football. Okay, cheers, uh, Mark. You're up next. Yeah, Horsham uh, Eagle. He's uh, been in contact. He said, uh, uh, "I'd be keen to know what benefits Steve feels there will be for Palace should we be granted a Category A status academy." One. Sorry, Category 1, States Academy. Other than being able to keep our best youngsters, will it enable us to pick up youngsters from other clubs for very little money? Have we yeah, essentially look, decided we can't beat them? So let's join them. These reasonable advantages. I think if we, we end up as Cat 2, we'll be fine, you know. Um, I think the Cat 1 thing is more the kudos of trying to attract new players. Um, I think we've got a certain strategy, as of other clubs. Uh, I won't bore you with technical details, but you can still protect and shield your young players if you're cat two, and I think we'll look at what the you know the auditors decide, and and we'll go from there. But if we're cat two, it's still 
you know, there's still four categories, so we'll still be up there in the higher echelons. And, um, you know, we'll make sure that, you know, you've got to remember people like Bayern Munich are cat too because they wouldn't change mm-hmm. the way they did things. You know, it's not it's not a question of, you know, um, um, it's not a question of, you know, cat one is definitely the be-all and end-all. Um, it's a whole big debate about, you know, what you think actually develops better players. I mean, to be cat one, for example, you have to have a separate changing room for the kids and the, and the coaches and the refs. You know, which means for a lot of clubs, they've got to build new changing rooms. Well, you know, does that make better players? I don't know, really. Mm, it's, uh, yeah, it's a strange one. It's a 300 grand cost for us and for a lot of other clubs, probably more. So, you know, we, we, we'll have to look at it in the round, guys, and decide what we think is, is best for us. Well, you've got Jody Williams to sign a new deal in the current situation. <laughs> so, uh, must be doing true. something but, but, right. <laughs> look, at youth level, we're a great club. People yeah. know we're a great club. Gary is it's a great coach. The staff, we've got a fantastic, and you'll get a chance in the first team. So, fine, go to Man, Man, Man City, you know, and sit behind the 400 other kids that are trying to get in the first team that probably never will, or come to us and play. Yeah. You know, we've got plenty going for us, guys. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Excellent stuff. Okay, we're coming to the end of the East, uh, so we'll be able to let you go fairly shortly. Um, Rudy Hebman, his posters on Homestower, talks about the, I think it's something that's been asked to to Steve Brown as well, um, the idea of these 12 monthly direct debits for season tickets, because um, apparently some club on the South Coast have been doing that to partly. Yeah, I think it's becoming yeah. more prevalent. I think we'll do it next season, definitely. Fantastic. That's a good one. Um, straight to you, Mark, with Palace Guards question. Yeah. Uh, Palace Scarly, that's his name on uh, Homesdale. He says, is there any player you would personally like to see a sign in the transfer window, realistically, in brackets? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's probably not a question you can answer, but it's uh, something that uh, a uh, fan excited. wants to know. Do you know what, I, guys? I try not to get excited about players as an owner, right? I've got a manager that I've got an enormous amount of trust and respect in. And he's got a picture in his head about how he wants us to play and the type of personality he wants. I might make suggestions to him based on information that I've got. Um, I'd like, you know, like, like all fans, I'd like AJ to come back. I'd like Mikel Forsell to come back. I'd like, you know, I'd like us to get Jordan Rhodes. You know, I'd like us to get any number of players. Um, I've got my own little favourites, like, you know, many people have, you know, um, the right back of Cardiff I'm a big fan of and, you know, it, it, but in the end, we've got a manager and we have discussions and he's got certain attributes that he's looking for in a player that he's learned that are important from being a player and from being in promotion squads and from knowing what it's really like to be in and around success and from knowing what you really need to do to get promoted, what kind of characters you need in the dressing room when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, what gets you through. He knows what that needs, you know, he knows what it takes, he's been there. And, you know, I've got all the faith in the world in him to find those players, like he found Johnny Parr, like he found Jodanak, you know, like many other players that we've got in the squad. And um, really, you know, I, 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 I think you've seen situations at other clubs where chairmen have brought in players that they wanted, that they liked, that they've always dreamt of meeting and all that kind of stuff. We don't do that at our club. That's not what we're about. You know, what we're about is success. I don't care about names. I don't care about who we sell. I don't care about who we buy. All I care about is winning. Yeah. That's it. All I care about, it's all you care about is winning. 
Yes. So I sit and talk to Buggy. You know, I might have an opinion about something I've heard that I think could genuinely influence things and be important. But other than that, you know, he's got a team of people there that are working extremely hard to find us the right personnel, and I acquiesce to their knowledge. Okay, fantastic. Fantastic, great stuff. Um, I'm just going to skip through a couple of things, um, and then I think there's one more to end, basically. Uh, just Alessandro Penge on Twitter has said, uh, have there been any developments with EPP? What's the latest? And obviously, as we... Uh, was suggesting earlier that there's been the inspection. I think we're waiting to hear in July. Is that right? Exactly. The auditors have been round in July. Apparently, we'll get told. Fantastic. Um, Jez Rogers asked, "What's uh, where? Where are we with the new ground?" I think we've covered that in, in quite a lot of detail. Um, Eagle 2011 wanted to know who your player of the season vote went to. I'm not sure that's appropriate. You answer that. Up no, to you. To be, honest, to be honest, I've got to be honest. I voted for Will. You know because yeah, me too. <laughs> I felt that Will. You know, I. I'm going to always have a tendency, like most fans, to vote for people at the top end of the pitch. But I was ever so pleased with Jonathan. He's a fantastic lad. And the fact that the fans have, have seen the effort at, that he puts in week in, week out, I think is a testament to the, to the, you know, the discerning nature of our fans. You know, and, and, and I was quite impressed by it that that's who they picked. Yeah. I must admit, like, next year, guys, I'd like to see the, the vote go outside the people at the awards dinner. Yeah, I think that was. But I saw a lot of there's quite a passionate debate on that, mainly on the BBS, I think. And um, although obviously, I mean, I was at the awards. I'm quite happy to get a vote for it. That's not why I went. So I don't, I don't see where, why people would have any objections. Well, no, I was always looking at the club. You know, it's such a big event for us. We had a thousand people there last night. It was, a, it was an amazing event. And you know, Lenny was saying he doesn't know another club in our sort of, you know, that does it in that way. Mm-hmm so accessible for the players and it's just a thing that encourages people to come along I guess yeah definitely so okay. I don't know, but I'd like it to be season ticket holders at least personally mm. okay cool uh, sort of end and it's, well, it actually leads us in quite a good direction to end on really uh, Jamie Gibson's contacted us and said uh, in terms of improving the league standings is there an intended rate of improvement and if, and if so what is it and that kind of that's the kind of general question there is is I mean, we, we touched on it earlier about playoffs potentially better, but I mean, what, what's the aim going into into next season, and what, and what is that rate of improvement? You can't start a season not wanting to get promoted. What's the point of going into the league? You know, that's what we want. That's what we wanted from the first year. I've said you can always sneak in the playoffs. You know, it's getting harder and harder, though, guys. You know, yeah. and you can always, you know, you can always get relegated as well. You know, so um, we're just going to try and do the best we can. And get a bit of luck, and you know, Reading. Who, who would have said Reading would have got been champions, champions, mm. about fifteen games out? Yeah, you know? unbelievable, isn't it? So, you know, we've got that's that, and Reading haven't got an outstanding squad. You know, they're not denigrating their players, but they've got a decent squad. But it's not incredible. It's not as good as West Ham's. If you took player for player, and in terms of money that people is being spent, West Ham is outspending them. By a massive amount of money, you know, and 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 have got player for player, I've seen really far better players, and yet West Ham in the playoffs and Reading the promoted as champions all on their summer holiday now, waiting to play in the Premier League next year. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, um, you've got to find a formula, guys. That's what we've got to find is the right formula, and that's what we're. Well, I think I think Reading and Blackpool are, are teams to aspire to, really. From Palace's perspective, mm, don't you think? Because the same sort of same sort of uh, you know field financially, probably, and you know in terms of what they're what they're looking to achieve. I think you know 
you know, Palace can learn a lot from from those clubs. Do you not think so, Steve? Yeah, well, both clubs have been in the Premier League recently, so they've had that fillet. But yes, yeah, certainly Blackpool when they got there the first time, and Reading when they got there the first time, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, Steve, we're going to let you go now. Really, Brilliant. really, really appreciate your time today. Uh, thanks for uh, helping us end our. No, no worries at all. It's <laughs> awkward for a while, and I think we just about got away with it. But um, no, listen, so nice to speak to you again, and um, you've helped us end the end the season really, really positively. So thanks so much. Yeah, no, thanks very much, Steve. Thanks a lot. Hope to speak to you again soon. Cheers. Yes. Take, all the best. Take care. Take care. Cheers. Yeah, bye. bye. Right. Um, Thanks to Steve for that. That was interesting. Yeah, that was that was fascinating stuff. Um, I know Ben's with us. I'm going to try and get some of the other lads back just for for a quick goodbye. Uh, but Mark, um, any any particular favourite points? I mean, Ben's been tweeting loads. Actually, let me let well, me go. To- I, I just, oh, all right. I, I was just I was just it's it's so refreshing to hear somebody who's got such a big part in our club being so positive you know and he wants the best for the club he wants the club in the Premier League and he's going to do basically what he can to, to, to see that happen and, and it's just very refreshing to, to see and uh, uh, and hear and uh, I'm, I, you know what more can you want from uh, an owner and chairman of a club absolutely there's been lots of positive comments on, uh, on the message boards and on Twitter um, Ben anything that you wanted to pick up in particular that you enjoyed? Yeah, oh, it was a fantastic interview, wasn't it? I mean, every everything he says is is amazing, and you don't struggle to find quotes to put on Twitter for that. But if we're looking at a kind of which ones got retweeted the most, which ones the the fans found most interesting, um, got a few retweets on the one about uh, looking for talent being abroad at home everywhere to find somebody to come in, and about looking for a striker. Everyone seemed to like that. Um, and another one was with the stadium that got the biggest reaction, I'd say, about having a new stadium, whether it whether it be at Sellers Park or, or a different venue. So I think that's something that people are the most interested in. From Fantastic. Thanks for that. Um, we've been rejoined by Aaron Mitchell. Hi, Aaron. Hello. Hello. Did you get to hear any of that when we booted you off the call? I did, actually. I did tune in. It was, it was very good. Well done, Steve. Fantastic. Excellent. And John Burgess appears to be there in the background. Hi, John. You all right? Lurking. Yeah. yeah, lurking. Do you hear any of that? <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I had a bit more of you than I hoped, but... That's <laughs> <laughs> not very nice, is it? No, Steve, um, Steve was, uh, was was fabulous, wasn't he, really? Answers everything pretty pretty straight up, to be honest. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's quite refreshing in modern society, let alone football. Well, listen, I'm going to take this moment. I'm trying to try and get hold of, of Albert as well and Furhad uh, just oh, before yeah. we say goodbye. I, I know, I know, but I think... Be nice to get the two lads on before we say our goodbyes. Um, but obviously, yeah, um, I'm going to start by by saying I've, obviously I can't pay too much attention to it because of what I'm doing. There's been so many lovely comments coming in from everyone listening as well, being so complimentary to us, and uh, that really does mean an awful lot to us. I know we're we're quite sad in that way that we we feed on your your constructive <laughs> comments and your ple- your pleasant comments. Not massively keen on the negative ones, but it has to happen, you know. Um, but yeah, we have a moan. Exactly. No, but it, it really does genuinely mean a lot to us. I'm, I'm glad people have enjoyed the show today because it, it <laughs> took quite a lot of effort to put it together as well. It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. But um, but um, no, well, look, let's let's say our goodbyes because I'm struggling to get hold of uh, the other lads. Um, obviously, it's been, it's, been a, yay, it's been a long old season, um, let's face it. Um, some ups, some downs, and... That's just on Homestale Radio, but if I just go go through you sort of individually, Aaron. I mean, you've been involved in quite a lot of shows. Um, have you have you enjoyed yourself? 
Oh, of course. It's been absolutely fantastic, as usual. Yeah. Uh, have you got any particular highlights, if you haven't? You know. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've put you on the spot, right. but at least everyone else gets the time to think about it now, while <laughs> I just, while I, while I pick on you. Yes. Well, to be honest, you know, all the interviews we've had with the, with the top names, Steve, for example, have all sort of been the highlights, really, because it, you know, it gets us good publicity and that. It's always great to talk to him, see how things are going. So that for me is the highlights. Apart from that, I can't really name anything. Well, how about That's the too much? <laughs> how about the six aside tournament? That must have been a positive thing for you. You got you got some very rave reviews for being in goal. And you got to wear the whole radio kit, that glorious oh, kit. Yeah, the, the six aside was brilliant. You know, to crash out like we did in spectacular fashion was quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> but that, that was it was fantastic. You know, it was always good to play for the whole radio and very good. Well done to the lads for that. Excellent. I'm just going to add this random caller. Hello, caller. Good evening. Is that you, Albert? Evening. Have you summed it up yet? Mm, <laughs> just about. Uh, Excellent. How the devil are you? I'm good. How are you, chaps? All right? Yeah, yeah. Just had yeah, a very positive good. interview with, with, with Steve Parrish. It was, it was very exciting. What's, I'll have to uh, listen to it tomorrow. Oh, what you do, any of you li- do any of you listen to uh, Football Weekly, The Guardian? I feel like Sid Lowe, the one they always call up in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Have you recovered from the Player of the Year? You know, you were you got out. Yeah, I was. Early. I was at a four-year-old's birthday party at quarter past ten this morning. That's quite a sobering prospect. <laughs> My word, that's impressive. I was invited. Just <laughs> I didn't gate crash it or anything. He <laughs> um, <laughs> was a clown. That's just yeah. a rumor, then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, as we um, hopefully, I'm really hoping Ferhad gets to join us at some point in the next couple of minutes. But let's just—I've I've just spoken to to Aaron. As you're on the phone, I'll speak to you next, Albert, and alphabetically you're next as well, which is handy. Um, Very handy. Obviously, I didn't. Do you know what? I didn't start like this, Aaron. I had meant to say thank you for all your efforts this year on Homestay Radio, and it'd be great to, uh, to have you back next season as well. That's what I meant right. to start with. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Oh, yeah. Contract's been renewed. Contract's been renewed. <laughs> Temporarily. Wait till we get to you, Mark. Um, <laughs> Thanks, pal. Um, now, seriously, Al, but first of all, obviously, thank you so much for, for your sporadic appearances this season. It's been a oh, much appreciate. <laughs> always, always add a, a touch of humour and dry, dry sarcasm to the occasion. But, um, yeah, obviously, have you got any personal highlights of, of the whole radio season? Uh, personal highlights. I quite liked Don Rogers. He was uh, quite an interesting chap. He was, yeah. I, I, you know, that's a very good one to pick out. It was, it's one of those where I mean, obviously, you, you and me aren't quite uh, old enough there to have seen him play, but, but it kind of it was like a window into the into the past. It was. It was. And uh, was Mark Bright this season, or was that last season? That, that was last year. That was oh, that was so person. last year. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, it's all been good. Now. I'll tell you what my personal highlight was. That one show I did when my connection didn't go wrong. <laughs> but at least we worked out. You can, if you use an iPad, you're okay now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, mate, you can go. Thank you for, for phoning and really appreciate it. You can hang around if you like, if you're bored. Have I been offered a new contract? Yeah, yeah, you're renewed. For your... I, might, well, I, might, I'm, I might do a bit of an Anthony Gardner. I'm, you know, weigh it all up. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, wait it all up. Other clubs interest, are there other clubs interested, mate? Mm. There's, mate, there's a list. There's a list of at least three. You would have to You would have to bring up You would have to bring You know, the, the Gardner interview that we didn't actually record. Oh. It was, I'll tell you what, it was a bloody pearl, though, wasn't it? 
It was. It was good. We summed it up reasonably well, but you've just immediately seized on something that I didn't quite recount, and that was the, uh, you know, his weighing things up comment. But anyway, listen, buddy, thank you so much, um, and, yeah, hope to speak to you again very, very soon. Cheers, boys. It's been a pleasure, and thank you to all the listeners. Yeah, well, well, well All done. 14 of them. I wouldn't <laughs> name them all, but, you know. <laughs> it's Jerry. It's anyway, like 14 yeah. every week. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, cheers, pal. Bye, right, chaps. Much right. love. Speak to you soon. Up the palace. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Take care. And uh, Mr. Burgess, you can be next. Yes. Um, firstly, I mean, you haven't made a tremendous amount of appearances, have you? But when you have appeared, it's been a, it's been of a high quality. So um, I'll start by thanking you very much for your for your uh, appearances. And is the um, check still in the post. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I've spent probably about. I must have spent several hundred pounds on this show myself. So <laughs> you know. Uh, you'll get your payment after I get mine, really. But, um, yeah, obviously you've got a very limited area to pick from. <laughs> but any particular personal highlights? I've got, I've got loads this season. But the EPPP debate, that was good. Yeah, that was. Yeah, oh, that was just you and me, a very ill me. You, yes. Uh, that, sitting that there listening to um, Gareth Southgate and Steve Parrish. Um, the, the Where's Fodderingham, I enjoyed mm. that immensely. Mm. Oh yeah, the ill-fated Where's Fodderingham? It was brilliant. It was perfect, and then he left. So <laughs> good, yeah. It's so good. We drove him out of the club. <laughs> it's it. even better now because where is Fodderingham? I don't even remember. <laughs> it's a, a swindle every time. Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously, John. Like, obviously, if you if you can hang around, great. But if you need to go, go. But thank you so much. Really appreciate, uh, it. and, and I hope to have you back next year. More next season. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and, and can I just mention the quarter to poo song? If <laughs> <laughs> you do tune in early every, before every show, about 15 minutes before we start, you get my fantastic quarter to poo song. Yeah, ever since I've taken over the button pushing, that's been dropped. But yeah, anyway. Oh. Is that because you're in the toilet at that point? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anyone who's still left listening, yeah, well done for a start. But you are watching match of the day. Anyway. Coming up, you do have the second part of the Neil Shipley interview. But for those of you listening on the podcast, there should be a separate podcast available, which will be the whole Neil Shipley interview in its entirety. As well. So you won't miss out. But we will play it as uh, once we end the show today. Um, if you've got nothing better to do. Um, Okay, right. Well, John, that's you done. Cheers. Bye, Chris. Bye. Hey, John. Bye, see you later, lads. No, seriously, guys, well done this season. Um, I think I think we've got better as a team this season. Yeah, we have. And, uh, we've improved. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say ups and downs, mainly downs, but more gradual ones. Uh, stuff. Same old cliche. Could use the famous quote there. Uh, I'm going to go straight to Furhad because Furhad's joined us, and I, I know he's very pushed for time as well. Hi, Furhad. Evening, Chris. Right. Hi, Furhad. You're so stage, mate. Finally. Hey, glory. I know, and no, I night. made it. Had a bit I of didn't even know you were there. there. The next thing, I mean, can I, on can stage, I, presenting can I an award. This, can I take this opportunity now, Mark, to warn you uh, about talking over people when you ask them questions? Just let him over the shredder. <laughs> well, I haven't finished my question. Oh, you never finish your questions. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I'm only kidding, man. Um, for, uh, thank you for joining us for a start. Um, obviously, you've 
made even less appearances than John this season, I believe. <laughs> but, um, a couple of subs appearances. Yeah, isn't it? a couple of subs. But it's obviously <laughs> is appreciated, and your your continued input is also really appreciated. And I also want to say well done for all your hard work with the trust, and in particular on the training ground. Um, but yeah, have you got a have you got a personal highlight other than from listening or from uh, from presenting? Um, I think the highlight for me, um, and it really hit home on Friday, Chris, was that. Although we as fans can not ordinarily own a football club like Crystal Palace, we have owners who are willing to listen to the fans. For me, that's just as good as being able to run your own club. At the end of the day, we have four owners who own the club, fair play to them, but it, it doesn't feel as if, it, it feels as if we all have a say. Mm. And, and that really hit home on Friday. And to an extent with uh, your interview with Steve Parrish tonight. And and that just makes me feel so in touch with the club. And it makes me feel good about supporting Palace and, and everything concerned with it. See, he's good. We should have him on more, more often, shouldn't we? Uh, <laughs> you couldn't ask for better owners, really, could you? No, just, just, uh, no other club, I don't think any other club could... Uh, have a radio show and have their owners come on and be as frank and as open and as positive today as Steve was. It's just uh, fantastic. Absolutely, Mark. I, I think the good thing is that, you know, that they're willing to listen. They don't have all the answers. But, you know, for example, the shirt issue, um, you know, the guy got in touch, John Rolls, I, I think his name is. I think he actually contacted Simon Jordan in the previous administration and he didn't actually hear back. I think John contacted Steve Parrish, and then you know, within a few days they got a meeting going, and uh, and we have the kits that we have now. And well, Steve, like I said tonight, he said if you've got any ideas about getting bums on seats, just get in touch. You know, like like you know, you're having a conversation down the pub, sort of thing. You know, it's, it's it, fantastic. Bang on, Mark, and actually, you might maybe that little bit of professionalism has just earned you your new contract that was very good <laughs> um, i'm gonna take this opportunity to, to let you go if you need to for but you're welcome to to hang around for the next it's only about two three minutes but um yeah sure. again reiterate thank you so much for, for for your support this season and hopefully we'll use you a bit more next season if you've got the time definitely, um, definitely. cheers pal nice one um i don't know where to go ben or mark next they both traumatize me in different ways so i'm gonna leave oh. mark till last because Ben's oh, been working hard today. On, on I thought you were saving. I thought you were saving me to last, as you were going to give me some special presenter of the year award. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, I actually, before, to be honest, I've actually left Mikey out of it can, can completely. But there's a reason for that, isn't there? <laughs> uh, anyway, Ben. Um, Hello. Yeah, you've uh, you enjoyed yourself tonight on Twitter, have you? Mm, yeah, it's been fantastic. Lots I of, lots we, of we get all sorts of communication when you tweet. I don't know what it is about you. I know, it's just the gift of the gab, I think. You've got, you've got Twitter charisma. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, uh, again, thank you for your... You, I mean, you've worked very, very hard this season. You've been on a lot of shows, and your um, you know, your uh, university career doesn't seem to have suffered yet. Yeah, <laughs> um, no. But, you know, obviously it's a lot harder for you now. You're, uh, now you're living away from home and... <laughs> got, got growing up. And growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but no, listen, man. Thank you so much this season. Um, what's your been your personal highlight on the show? Oh, well, it's been a long season. And I'm just looking now. This is episode 47 of the season. It's I ridiculous. Know, more than one elite game. Oh. Oh. Um, yeah, obviously being there from the from the start from that first show in in January of last year. Um, you know, we've been through a lot, and I think just seeing more and more people get involved and 
you know, more presenters joining in and, and having lots of different listeners, different ways of getting to talk to the listeners and stuff. It's just fantastic being a, being a part of it, to be honest. Okay, one point I can really pick out and say. No, it's very good. Obviously, yeah, you, you're someone who's been there since since day one. Like like Furhead was there on that first show mm. where we were yeah. all terrified and, <laughs> and probably mass. We were significantly more professional at that time, but it was uh, it was very terrifying. But um, yeah, come a long way since then. But but yeah, cheers, Ben. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, bye yeah, bye, John. Um, um, a quick word for you, Mark. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, Ben. Your your contract is also renewed. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Hi Mark, how you doing? Pay cut. <laughs> yeah. Now, I I got a question for you, Mark, and this question stems from uh, a conversation myself and Mikey had some time ago. Um, and the question was, and I've probably asked you it on, on air before, possibly at the end of last season. <laughs> but neither me or Mikey can recall ever having the conversation with you about you coming <laughs> onto the show to present. <laughs> <laughs> How did it happen? I think um, I just offered my services. Did you like add us on Skype and just join join the show one day? Just not. That, no, just I wasn't quite as direct say. as that. No, it wasn't quite as direct as that. He didn't know how to use Skype. We've talked. <laughs> that's, that's true. Bloody, uh, the early days. Mate, was absolutely I, I, mad, I, wasn't it? <laughs> mate, I couldn't find out to open a document. <laughs> it was like it was that bad. But, but you've come a long way as well, and I'm, I'm going to give you a chance because you never you never mention it, and you really should because uh, you know it's it's one of your your major hobbies that you do, and that's your blog. Do you want to direct some people to your blog? Well, if anyone wants uh, to read my blog, it's at Beerfooty and Birds, and that's all it's about basically. Yep. Beerfooty and Birds. <laughs> if, and if, you... that's, if that's if that's what tickles you, then. Uh, mm. uh, just type in Beerfoot in Birds in Google, and it's the first thing that comes up. And I try and keep it regularly updated. So yeah. it's so not all about Crystal Palace, but it's uh, it's about football in general, with a few nice-looking women thrown in, and a little bit about some booze and all the things that are good for you. What I was going to say is, obviously, we're we're going to take a break now. Um, yeah, we may or may not do some shows for the Euros, I haven't really decided, I, I need to break to be honest with you, um, but um, we, yeah, we may or may not do that, to get a little burping on air just at the end there, <clears throat> but um, but whatever happens we'll be back for, for pre-season, we're going to try and do some live content from games again, um, whether it's me doing the sort of touchline report a bit from a match um, on a regular basis with the other lads uh, in our uh, virtual studio, let's call it, and um <laughs> Or, or like potentially, we were negotiating with Margate to do some, some actually do some commentary on the game that we can't unfortunately can't accommodate us physically accommodate us anywhere where we can get a decent enough view of the pitch. Unfortunately, um, but we'll we'll see if anyone else is up for that. But um, but yeah, that's what to be expecting from us. But we will be on a break for a little while. But keep an eye out on the um, message boards and on the pod- podcast feeds and what have you, because we may very well. Um, do some you know little bits and pieces during our break. Uh, ben, you wanted to say something quick? Yeah, just really quickly. Tonight, obviously, we, we smashed through the 900 barrier on Twitter for followers. So uh, it's really nice to, to have your your you know your thoughts coming in during the show. So make sure you come back next season and, and do the same with that. And hopefully, we'll get it up again. Absolutely. That's right. well, I wanted to just say that actually, Chris. I would say thank all the people that have been following us over the season and that you know have. Uh, sent in their thoughts, their views, their opinions, whether it be via email or Twitter. We we really appreciate that. It it helps the show 
you know, and you know, we get to ask questions of our guests that you want us to ask rather than what we want to ask. So, you know, it's a, a good all round show. And I think that we've it's been fantastic the the quality of guests that we've had on and, and how available they've made themselves. It's 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 been a pleasure, isn't it? They're, yes, they're yeah. just so accommodating. I, you know, it's just uh, I, I can't believe it. Really, it's it's you know the way you, you can just sort of, uh, for example, tonight. You know, I went up to Steve Parrish last night after I spoke to you, and I, I must have been midnight, and I was really, really <laughs> staggering. And I said to him, <laughs> "You," in, in a in a drunken stupor, I said to him, "Are you still all right for tomorrow night?" You know. Yeah this show and he went yeah yeah of course yeah and i said yeah, it's, good, it's, good and and it was just you know he probably thought who is that i do think that most weeks as well um yeah. no but uh, would, yeah thanks to all the listeners anyway because yeah. uh without them there would be no show so no i'd still do yeah. it just i'd still do it to no one just <laughs> <laughs> to service my ego uh, aaron you, you you wanted to say a little word well i think in all honesty, I think there's one person we forgot to have a thank for, and that's that's you, Chris. Oh, you know? It's you not know? just me; it's also Mikey. But and, and Mike, <laughs> I was going to mention Mikey, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, because of course, without Mikey, the whole radio would not really exist, would it? It was his idea. Yeah, and um, yeah. Chris, we just got to say thanks for all the work you do. We know we can be a pain at times, but <laughs> you know, you well, put in the effort, and it's really good presenting with you. No, thanks very much, man. And yeah, obviously, yeah. it's not you're all not, sweet. You're not bad, mate. Yeah. Most- <laughs> It's not all sweetness and light behind the scenes. Uh, to be honest, I, I, I'm a bit of a hard taskmaster, but um, but you know, guys, you've been fantastic as well, and I really appreciate your, your comments, Aaron. Cheers, man. Um, before I uh, start to cry, I'm just going to say, um, obviously, a big, big thanks to Mikey. I'm not sure if he's still listening. He, he seemed to disappear off the Skype call a while ago, and you know, he always seems to be sort of cooking himself food and stuff during the show uh he did of he is listening uh no he isn't oh, i don't know <laughs> he's actually he's actually messaging me about changes to the show while we're the show still on that's how switched on mikey is but um can i just say yeah thank you thank you to mikey but thank you to every single one of you who's listened downloaded even a second of what we do um because that as mark was suggesting that's the only thing that makes it worthwhile um and we are going to come back bigger and better than ever next season. It'd be great if you can stick with us um, and, you know, tell your friends. Uh, and if they don't like it, make them listen. You know, some sort of threaten them or something. Anything you, you can do, it'd be great. The <laughs> uh, people that listen, the more money it costs us. But we're happy to make that sacrifice for you. Um, anyway, we're going to play you out with the uh, last bit of the Neil Shipley interview. Um, obviously, if you don't want to get in touch with us while we're, while we're not on air, or you've forgotten what we've told you about when we're coming back, just uh, radio at homestyle.net. We'll monitor it continuously. Or you can just get hold of us on Twitter, obviously, at whole radio. Or you can tweet at individual presenters if you like. Um, I'm sure you'll find our, our Twitter names and what have you. But thank you so much. Um, so we're all going to try and do a simultaneous goodbye that never works. But if I count us in, oh, no, I'm not going to count us in until I've got the right screen up. Just press the thing. Okay. <laughs> Wait, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Three. Where does your playoff goal Hi. rank amongst your oh, you uh, most important career goals? Uh, well, that's easy. I mean, it's just got to be number one, isn't it? You know, every year now the playoffs come up and the goal's supposed to be worth 90 million, 80 million, you know, 70 million or whatever it is. So I think, um, 
to score a goal that means that much to a club with money, I think that would be the most in, uh, important goal. Um, another important one was probably, uh, well, I certainly enjoyed it as well, was the Sunderland semi-final, the header. You know, that was, uh, that was a pretty amazing game as well. You know, the night game at Celeste, the importance of the semi-final. And, uh, yeah, we, something AJ hit one as well. And, we, we, yeah, we, we, we were buzzing, absolutely buzzing as a club. And, uh, they're the kind of goals that you, you know, you do obviously uh, remember. The two goals at Bradford when I first signed as well, they, they, they always stayed with me for quite a long time. And it was, uh, it's always nice to get your first goals for the club. And I think that was the first uh, couple of goals. So they're the ones I think uh, that obviously stand out just thinking on top of my head, yeah. Okay, excellent stuff. And, and a sort of follow-up to that, really, on, on the specifically on that final, was um, a guy called Kaposa's Brent Meister General said, um, did that playoff final seem to take an eternity to finish for you after scoring the goal as well? Yeah, it does. I, mean, uh, you know, I remember looking at the old uh, scoreboard and all that, thinking, oh dear, you know, 20 to go and stuff like that. And, uh, but I remember, I remember... I've never watched the game, actually. Obviously, they watched the game, uh, the whole game after or whatever, but I think it must have been a couple of minutes ago, and I remember just getting the ball in the corner, and I, it felt like I was, like, you know, four, four or five people on me, you know what I mean? But I thought, you ain't getting this ball. <laughs> you know, I'll just try to shield it in the corner. I remember that. You know, I probably only shielded it for 10 seconds. It felt like I shielded it about two minutes. So, uh, yeah. that, I mean, it was all dying for the whistle to go, and, uh, and then obviously go and enjoy the night, which, uh, which we did. You know, I'll, I'll never forget the Palace and we stayed at obviously the hotel and we go for our walks and everything a day before the game and the, uh, the lunch time of the game and uh, he nearly drove Dowie over like in shock because there's only two hotels where the teams go and he, he he only stayed there because his missus wanted to use a spa or something but <laughs> cut a long story short, you know, he always ran him over and then when we all got back he was in the bar and I ended up taking him down to the party. <laughs> which uh, I'd imagine he's never ever forgot. You know what I mean? I just, you know, he, I remember him saying to me, "Go, I only come here because the missus. I'm actually out in the in the party with the lads." You know, and yeah, he must have had a great night. But we all did. Yeah, absolutely, um, Ben. We're going to try and speak to can you. you. Hear me now? Yeah, we can. Yeah, you sound much better. Uh, okay. We're on question eleven. Yeah, we've got a question in again from Furhad. He asked one earlier. Um, from both your spells at Palace, who was your favourite strike partner? Uh, both spells, oh dear, that's a tough one, tough one. Uh, enjoyed playing with Buggy, obviously, as I said earlier, about his whole intelligence. Uh, player, uh, AJ was different, he was just raw speed, but uh, his, finishing, uh, his finishing that season for us to go up was, uh, was absolutely remarkable, he was on fire. So, unfortunately, I'm going to sit on the fence in this one, I can't split them. <laughs> I enjoyed playing with Buggy uh, in the first spell. And AJ in the second, uh, he'll have to take that on, I'm afraid. Okay, that's that's fair enough. I think, well, I think we can let you have that. It's <laughs> um, sort of a few all from the same guy, a guy called Paul Holden. Um, they're sort of fairly quick fire. Um, uh, let's go for, he says, from the current Palace squad, I don't know how much you see of us these, these days, he says, is there anyone there you'd like to have seen play at your time at Palace? Oh, Paul, oh, Saha, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Wilfred's uh, yeah, I'd like to have uh, seen him in, in, in uh, the side that we played in, yeah, he does, he does. He is exciting to watch, and uh, I will watch him with interest over the next few years, that's for sure. Mm. Definitely, yeah. Um, um, and then we've got a question about chairman. How did you get on with the different chairman at Palace in, in your time at the club? 
Uh, okay, yeah, I've got a couple of quick ones on that. Steve, uh, not Steve, God, doesn't mean. Ron Nodes, uh, bought me, obviously, first time round. Uh, quick little story on that one. Although he's just paid 1.25 for us, uh, actually, it must be in the Bradford game or something. And it, we, anyway, we're eating our pre-match meal, and, uh, he comes in the, uh, he comes in where we're eating, goes over to Carlo Nash and uh, taps him on the shoulder and goes, welcome to the club ships. <laughs> <laughs> that always made me laugh. I'm sitting the other side, can I'm over here. So uh, that's how much he, he knew of me. Uh, then on to Simon Jordan. Uh, yeah, he, he weren't my cup of tea. Uh, I've been rubbing off. Uh, I mean, obviously, coming with all the money and everything before I came there and... I think everyone had their own opinions on him, but at the time I didn't have an agent when I signed second time around, which he loved, loved me for it. Yeah. Um, thought I was the best thing since sliced bread, you know, because I didn't have an agent. And then when the club wanted me to go, uh, he sort of knocked me for a few quid, uh, which uh, I just didn't think was very classy of the fella, to be honest. Uh, no. He ain't, uh, no, he ain't on my list. I mean, when I did come down the other year when Warnock was there, I went into the uh, manager's office with Warnock and his staff and sort of had a beer after the game, he did come in and uh, he could have cut the atmosphere of a knife, you know, uh, so I think there was a bit of a mutual, uh, I don't really like you anymore and I certainly thought, well, I don't really like you either, so that was quite yeah. fine. That's a shame, it's a shame that, he, well, obviously, we we don't really like uh, the way things ended, but, you know, we still appreciate Simon for, for what he did and the fact that he spent all his money on Palace, but yeah, I mean, I think pretty much everyone has a, has a story like that associated with him, which is a shame, but, um, yeah. We're gonna have to well, we have to skip through a few of these because I'm starting to run low on uh, on credit. So um, that's actually a good question though. Paul Paul also asked, how would a, a modern day Neil Shipley approach the Premiership? Approach the Premiership? Um, yeah, that's good. I mean, uh, I've class myself in the Kevin Davis kind of mould, which uh, I know he's gone off the boil a little bit, you know. But certainly the last couple of years, the, uh, there ain't too many like him. Uh, you know, where they, they like to sort of mix it a little bit and uh, get on the other end, end of things. It's, it's more of an athlete's game now, uh, whereas the, the big tall striker, I mean, even Andy Carroll now, look at him, was it 35 million? And uh, he seems to be struggling. So, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, be able, I wouldn't have been able to change my game. Uh, I'm all about sort of holding the ball up and a big target man. So, And I think they're, they're a dying breed now. So, uh, mm. I'm probably best off out of it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got, we got a question sent in from somebody called Lado, and he said, who is the best Palace manager you played under? Was Venables that good? And were you surprised that El Tel sold you to replace, with, look, sorry, with Bradbury to replace you, most people would say is a bit of an inferior striker? Uh, yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, Venables, I weren't there long, but uh, obviously his coaching was, was, was unbelievably uh, different to everyone else's. You know, you'd be going over at night thinking, oh, he's told me to do that, and then it suddenly clicked why he's told you to do it. You know, he was way above everyone else coaching-wise, um, manager-wise as well. Uh, yeah, I was disappointed that Bradbury uh, come in after us, you know, so I thought, at least if you're going to let me go and get that money, then... You know, because I, I couldn't help but think, well, why have I gone? You know, I could have stayed then, you know, and you could have given me that deal and I could have been a better player for another three three or four years or whatever, or whatever. Mm. But uh, best manager, Harry Bassett for me. Uh, I mean, me being a, a non-league manager now, I sort of class myself on him man management-wise, and I, I think that's not a bad starting point. I think if you can get the lads to play for you, 
then obviously that's a skill, you know, you can have the best tactics in the world, but if a player don't actually want to play for you and don't respect what you're doing and stuff, then that ain't going to work either. So that's it for me. Uh, and then obviously I played with him uh, throughout my career. So uh, that would be any, any questions done. Excellent stuff. Um, just to, oh, One's not really a question, so I'll do the next two. The first is um, that... Uh, he posts as hoof-hearted, but obviously that's a joke name. Anyway, uh, he says, um, "He says I'm not going to be rude to, to the shipmeister, but just thank him for scoring that goal at Cardiff and produce one of the worst hangovers I've ever had. And I tell you, if you've, ever, you've, you've not met him, but that's an impressive claim that one of the worst hangovers he's ever had. Um, <laughs> but the actual question is relates to your current managerial career, uh, from a guy called the Sash. He says, how are you finding management at North Greenford, and does Ken Bates meddle in first-team affairs, or is he too busy at Leeds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good spot. He's been on the internet, hasn't he? Uh, Ken, <laughs> Ken Bates is a patron. Uh, never seen him down at the club, that's it. He's obviously gone down there and put his name to it years ago, so, so no, old, uh, old Father Christmas don't come in and do anything, no. So, uh, uh, I've just left North Greenwood, as it happens, Tuesday. Uh, oh. I, I left the club. It's, I took over Christmas, and I was on 18 points, second from bottom. Uh, and we've just finished sixth from bottom on 49 points. So uh, I've done my job there, but we, we had no money at all. And I, and I mean no money. So I was asking players to play for nothing, not even getting the expenses. And uh, I just couldn't do it again. There's no way I could do it. So I've just left there. Uh, I'm looking for, well, I'll put my CV into a few jobs and, uh, and hopefully get back into it. I uh, certainly don't want to be out, out of football for too long, that's for sure. No, no, that's fair enough. We've got a, uh, a six-a-side tour tournament at Sellhurst on Saturday, if you fancy managing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, it's tomorrow, yeah. No, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be at Wembley on a Friday, I'm going to the cup final. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> 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 oh, fair news, mate. Um, actually, there was a follow-up question, which seems a little unfair now you've, you've said that you've left, and it was someone, who, someone who'd found your 8-0 defeat to St. Nilts, or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's them, St. Nilts. Yeah, uh, that was, uh, <laughs> John, what's he, what's he saying? Is there an actual question? Or just sort of tell me we beat 8-0? It just said, what happened, Neil? <laughs> yeah, OK, fair enough, all right, yeah. I'm fully aware of what happened there. I nearly dropped it in the last sort of sentence, but I thought I might have got away with it. We uh, <laughs> we went there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they had to win to win the league, this send me okay. Very impressive stadium, pitch carpet and all that, and I've given my lads a, a massive sort of big up for the game, saying, look, you ain't let me down all, all season, you know. Going to ball at a party. We were four down within uh, 20, sec uh, 20 minutes, and uh, unfortunately, they had 10 shots on goal and scored eight. We were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, doesn't mean that they all got pat on the back and uh, see you next week. They got a good bollocking like they, they deserved. Uh, but yeah, I never thought I'd hear, well, be involved. Was lucky enough to, in football never to be involved in an 8 nil, uh, and I thought I'd I thought I could go to the grave without being in front of uh, being off in an eight nil. So uh, a little embarrassed about it, but uh, I really do think the uh, wrong place at the wrong time. But uh, yeah, tell your view, uh, viewer, like, thanks for that. I really appreciate being reminded. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so eight Last couple moving kind of outside of football now. Obviously, it's been quite well documented. You've been a taxi driver. So when you were doing that, did people kind of get in your, get in your cab and recognise you as as Neil Shipley, the footballer? And what's the most difficult I'm not even, nah, I'll cut you short. I've not even finished it yet. I'm still still learning. Oh, okay. It's called the knowledge, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty tough. I need I need to step it up a gear to be honest. Uh, 
to do it, but I, what I will do it, yeah, something I want to do, uh, but then we can have a chat in a few years' time, and then I'll tell you all the, all the stick I'll get, but, uh, <laughs> no, it's good, I've always been passionate about London, uh, I want to get a trade, you know, obviously when you finish football, I'll, I'll earn, a, earn, earn a few quid out of managing at some stage, but, uh, yeah, I've got the chance, I think, I think it'll suit me, I really do, so, um, yeah, um, I'm not done it yet, I'll, uh, I shall let you know when I have, uh, when it'll be another couple of years. Fantastic. Oh, we're just going to credit the guys who asked that question. There's Aaron Mitchell and uh, and a guy who also known as It's Only a Game. Um, ben forgot to read out their names. Um, I've got two very, very quick questions to end with. Um, first is from Alan Eagle, who says, Do you still drink all the beer in the Anglers? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 cheeky little git. Yeah, um, yeah, anglers. Yeah, I do know where the anglers is. Now, unfortunately, I don't live in Teddington anymore. So, uh, yeah, it's a nice spot, nice, nice beer. So, yeah, it's, you know, obviously a bit crude with all of it, but yeah, I did used to go in there and have a partial, uh, quite partial to a pint. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're well. All you need to know about Alan is that he is also quite partial to a pint, as long as someone else is paying. So don't worry too much about that. So he can buy me one when he sees me next time. After that one, yeah. Good luck with that. You need to chisel to get into his wallet. I tell you. Um, (laughs) uh, Final, final question. Well, it's not much of a question. It's just a, a, a big. It's a, something we got off of Twitter. A guy just says, uh, he says, my question for Neil Shipley, will you come out of retirement to play for us next season? And he misses, says he misses the big man, which is very nice. And that's Gavin Griffiths. Um, so, yeah, fan- fancy a game next year? I think we do need a... Well, uh, the big man has got unbelievably big now. So, no, there's... I mean, first of all, you'd never get a pair of shorts and a shirt to fit me. Uh, two... Charity games, yeah, I play all day long because it must be good entertainment. Every time I play in one, I get pictures all passed on the internet, you know, <laughs> like, looks like a better pillow, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so no, the, uh, the days of me playing are probably, you know, are well and truly gone there. But obviously, very kind words off him, and uh, I, do, uh, I do appreciate that. Okay, good stuff, mate. Well, that's um, we're gonna, we're going to end it there because it, the big flashing red light on my uh, on my Skype credit's just gone under a pound, so um, <laughs> we haven't got much too long left. Um, but I will definitely keep in touch because I think we're, we had so many more uh, questions we've had to skip, unfortunately. So we'll give you a shout another time, hopefully. Uh, yeah, we've got the number now, so yeah, no no problems. Any time, want to do anything like that? Uh, not a problem. Well, listen, mate. Best of luck with with everything that you're doing at the moment. I hope you get fixed up with another club soon, and uh, and obviously best of luck with the knowledge as well. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks to, so much for speaking to us. And we'll um, well hopefully talk to you again soon. Cheers, Neil. Okay. No worries. Thanks a lot, mate. Bye now. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.